Blog Talk Radio. Well, I want to welcome everyone to another episode on the Blog Talk. Blog Talk. Bear with me here if I can talk. On Blog Talk uh, Radio, uh, this is the Five Smooth Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth, tongue-twisted Brother Seth, I might add. But anyway, folks, I do truly, truly want to thank every single one of you that are, that are already on the phone lines, already in the chat room. We really appreciate the early birds. Really do appreciate it. You know, I might not repeat myself. Listen, folks, tonight, tonight is a surprise. It's a surprise. And I don't mean to tease anyone, but I don't want to get into it until after we take care of some preliminaries. Very important show. Probably one of the most important shows I've ever done. It was inspired by a conversation with a coworker who... Um, well, I'll get more into that a little later on. But before I do, I just want to ask every single one of you, how are you and yours? Well, hopefully blessed and highly favored. I really mean it. I say it every week. But I really, really wish that these the listeners, those of you that tune into this show, is really doing great good in life. There's so much happening to so many people, really humanity, but especially so-called African-Americans, who, of course, we believe are the true Jews in the Bible or the Israelites, so much happened to us, and I just wish that everybody would just take a chill pill and just really value each other uh, before America, Americans tear up each other, tear each other head off. I mean, there's so much hatred, so much going on. I was seeing today another shooting. Just so much happening. You can't keep up with it. can't keep up with the police shootings. can't keep up with the mass shootings. There's just so much going on in our world. So this show tonight hopefully will bring some peace, uh, some, some calm, and hopefully... Tonight, we will hear from the Most High. And I don't take that lightly. I really believe that, it's, you know, we make the Most High too spooky. Many of you love him, or you want to love him, some of you, and you are seeking him, even to listen to this show tonight. Why wouldn't he speak through you or through myself or through any of the guests that I may have on tonight? Um, or any of the guests that may call, any, any, other, uh, any other callers, I should say, because really, folks, I don't have a guest tonight. I don't have a guest tonight. Uh, uh, there are some voices that are always invited, and they may show up, they may not, but nobody really committed to tonight's show. But like usual, they will probably call tonight if they get a time out of their busy schedule. Busy, busy bunch of co-hosts that I work with. But tonight, you got to listen to what we're going to be talking about tonight. It is going to be all of that. It's going to affect every single one of y'all that are listening tonight. Trust me. Anyway, again, tonight's show, July the 30th, 2019. I sent this out to many of you, and it's a very simple and short description of our show. It says, surprise topic. Tune in tonight to the blog show uh, on the 30th of uh, July, 8 p.m., to be blessed and be inspired. I like to read our show topic every week, and that one, that one was a really short one. But, folks, I don't mean to tease you. It really is a surprise, and uh, I promise you. Uh, let me just say it like this. This is what I have to say about the surprise, and then we're going to talk about a few more things. We're going to get right into it. I'm not going to tease you any longer. But, folks, listen. Many of you have complained that um, this show has talked too much about the flesh, we talk too much about Israelites. We talk too much about what color the original people were. We talk too much about white supremacy. We talk too much about this. We talk too much about that. Well, tonight is going to be a different kind of show. I don't think you heard Brother Seth go down this road before. Not in a while. I, I talk about it every show, but I never devote a whole show to it. So y'all have a big surprise coming. Trust me. So 
want to go ahead and just uh, open up the show formally with a with a song that I think is a blessing to. Um, it's going to be a blessing to many of y'all. Uh, this is Lecrae, Lecrae, the rapper. Uh, very good rapper, I might add. And um, but he chose to rap for for the Most High, and um, just got a song that is uh, that I think you'll, you'll be blessed by. Um, before I go to Lecrae, I do want to remind everybody because I uh, don't always know who's going to be on the phone lines. I don't know everybody on the phone line, so if you have a question or comment, remember press one. Remember press one. And if you have a, a question in the chat room, remember type question marks before and after your question. We really do appreciate many of you that have been following us for a very long time. You know who you are since 2011. Especially, yes, I say it every week. Especially, especially my bloodline family, the Douglas Kennedy line, that are in 13 states that sometimes tune in to help their cousin out. Really appreciate you. Really appreciate all of you. And uh, like I say every week, I love every single one of y'all, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. Folks, this is Lecrae. We'll be right back after we allow just a few more people to come and uh, get into this very important, relevant, powerful, inspirational show tonight. We'll be right back. Let's go. Let's go. What's your life, man? I know a lot of people that are scared to gon' die. Couple of us thinking they'll be living in the sky. While I'm here living, man, I gotta ask why. What am I here for? I gotta figure out. Waste my life, no, I gotta make it count. If Christ is real, then what am I gonna do about? Everything in Luke 12, 15, out of 21, you really gotta go and check it out. Paul said, if Christ ain't resurrected, we wasted our lives. But that implies that our life built around Jesus being alive. Everything I'll ever try to show the world why. Christ is more than everything I'll ever try. Better than pretty women sitting and living to get a minute of any women, a minute you and mine. It ain't no lie, we created for.
price. You trying to figure out what to do with your life. You make a lot of money, hope you're doing it right. Because the money is God, you better see what it right and stay focused. You ain't got no ride, your life ain't wrapped up in what you drive. The clothes you wear, the job you work, the color of your skin, now you're Christian first. People get to living for a job. Make a little money, start living for a car. Get on my wife, a house, kids, and a dog. When they retire, they're living high on the hall. But guess what? They didn't never really live it all. To live is Christ, and that's all I recall. To die is gangster, but Christ, we give it all. He's the treasure you can never find in the mall. See your money, your thing on this marriage, talent, your time. They will only you to show the world that Christ is divine. That's why it's Christ in my rhyme. That's why it's Christ all the time. See, my whole world is built around him. He's the life in my life. I refuse to waste my life. He's too true to chase that ice. Here's my gift of time, because I'm constantly trying to be used to praise the Christ. If he's truly raised to life, then this news should change your life. If I can break, you can put your faith in a place that rules the day and night. Yes.
how America is going to be uh, destroyed from within. People, uh, you know, basically selling her out from her own businessmen to foreigners, as Revelation 17 talks about the whore, how she falls. We talked about leprosy, the, the origin of, 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 of white skin in biblical times, not today. So leprosy is a different thing today. Albinism, vitiligo, how in biblical times that was a a type of leprosy. And what does that mean? Uh, of course, Christ come, and none of that is important now, but we have to know that to debunk white supremacy, to destroy the lie, the giant of white supremacy here on this Five Smooth Stone Network. Uh, we talked about also on this Five Smooth Stone Network, a, a white supremacy in a way that you just don't hear uh, other people talk about it. I am of the school of thought that white supremacy and black inferiority and black self-hate is the same coin. You can't think somebody's superior unless you think you're inferior. It's the same statement. It's, it's the, if one gives meaning to the other one, if you're superior, superior over what? Whatever you're superior over, that's inferiority. So in order for, for white people to be superior, they have to be superior over somebody, and we have bought the lie that they are superior over us. It's the same lie. Black inferiority and black self-hate is just as dangerous as white supremacy. It's the same demon. So we talked about that to death on this show, uh, to life, I guess I should say. We've talked about the kingdom of the most high, which is what we're going to kind of talk about tonight. In, in more details than y'all probably have ever heard on this show. Okay, so uh, again, if you want any of those old shows uh, uh, from the Five Smooth Stone archive, remember, all you have to do is Google Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio. You can get any of those old shows. Uh, last week was a great one for starters. Okay, so we uh, had pastors on talking about, uh, again, why pastors are not accepting the, five, the, uh, the, the, the revelation of the so-called blacks being Israel. So um, we talked about that with some pastors on last week, and we're going to continue that next week with Pastor um, um, Foreman as well as Brother Germain. They'll be on next week, uh, possibly with some other pastors, again, finishing up why African-American pastors, uh, why you know pastors really in general oppose this message and why some accept it. The message of so-called black people or African-Americans being one of the lost tribe of Israel. That will happen next week. As many of you know, last week I said that today I was going to talk about Tracy Hunter, Judge Tracy Hunter. I decided not to do the show for many reasons. Um, Tracy is a very secretive person. And uh, until she come on my show, I'm not going to do a show while she's in jail. I don't think it's fair because... Um, Trace is very secretive, and uh, I don't want her to be angry with me when she get out of jail because I said some things maybe. Trust me, it, 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 she's very very private. So um, maybe some things I want to talk about she wouldn't want me to talk about. So anyway, uh, I mean, she's just a friend of mine and nothing more. You know, we're not really close, close, nothing like that, but she is a friend of mine that I've met over the radio station and had a chance to uh, go on some marches with. So we will not be talking about Judge Tracy Hunter today. It is a shame what happened to her, having been drugged out of the courtroom uh, and put in jail, literally dragged out of a courtroom and thrown in jail a innocent lady, a woman of the Most High, a woman that has lots of integrity and that have literally shook up that state of Ohio, uh, even caused them to institute new laws in the, in the, as far as how they handle juvenile, juvenile. So she really is a, 
Uh, you're going to hear a lot about that name. She maybe, maybe she'll run for office in the future when she come out of jail because that whole city is behind her. But we will not be talking about Tracy Hunter tonight. Instead, what is the surprise? What is the surprise? Well, the surprise is, is several things we're going to be talking about. A lot of, uh, of us have come into the revelation that we are indeed, for sure, one of the lost tribes of Israel. Yes, we have come into that revelation. I thank the Father for it. I know it's a lot of young people in it, and I just, the only thing I get from that from the Most High is it's really for the younger generation. The older generation is, is not knocking it. They just want to run with it, and I know what the Father is doing. Not only what he's doing, but I know when that happens normally, it's just simply a message for our younger generation. When we're gone, this is something they're going to pick up with and run even harder. So this next generation coming up is going to be identifying themselves as Israelites. Remember, I said it right here on the Five Smooth Zone Network. They will be identifying themselves shortly as Israelites. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Remember, I said it. I said it. The brother Seth said it a long time ago. Okay, folks. I had a conversation with a coworker, and uh, I told him that you know some kind of really got on why I don't talk about why we don't talk right on this network, the Five Foot Zone Network. Why don't we talk more about salvation and the spiritual Jew? And I told him that I can teach on that probably as good as anybody. And I begin to share some of the things that I've learned over the years with regards to our spiritual identity and what we have inherited in Christ. And um, let me take a little sip of this coffee here, one second. This brother was so blessed by what I shared. He looked at me, and I think he said it twice, at least once. You sure you want to talk about the Hebrew message versus this message? Because, in other words, you really this is really good what you're sharing. And he let me know that some of it he had never heard before, the angle by which I came at it he never heard before. And, and, and basically, in a nutshell, he was blessed by it. And I got to thinking about more and more. We talked, things, we talked about things like what actually happened to you or a person when they are born again. We call each other Sister Johnson. Mothers, I mean, uh, brother uh, Taylor at church, but we're not related. We're not related, folks. Why do we call each other brothers and sisters at these churches? Why? We're not related. Well, the scriptures talk about something called being dead. Literally, being dead in Christ. Your identity is gone. You are now in Christ. The scriptures, and we'll get more into the where they are here in a second, but just listen to me for a minute. We can always, I can always, any one of y'all want to know where stuff is found, again, press one or just talk to me on the, in the chat room. We can definitely uh, find those scriptures for you, but the scriptures like this. One scripture says, your life is hid in Christ. And again, I'm going to go over these scriptures. I'm not trying to dodge anybody, but I just want to, I just want to just just, just lay this foundation, and then we'll go detail by detail, scripture by scripture here in a second. But there are scriptures that talks about us being dead, our life being hid. There is neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. But yet, when you go to the bathroom, I can be a little bit suck, you know, uh, crazy here, to be honest. <laughs> 
when you go to the restroom, there's still male or female if you look at your body. So what does it mean there, there is neither male nor female? What does that mean? Why do we call each other brother and sister and we don't, we're not related? Galatians 3 and 28, your first scripture for tonight, says, out of the King James Version Bible, all reading would be, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is either, there is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For ye are all one in Christ. How can that be? How can that be? Now, this is going to be from a Hebraic standpoint tonight. We're going to talk about the scriptures from a Hebrew-Israelite standpoint because we know, we know beyond a shadow of doubt, many of us, that African-Americans are indeed one of the lost tribes of Israel for sure. And a lot of our young people who, again, is new to this new identity, waking up, finally we know who African-Americans are, thank the Most High, He has revealed it to us, to us and even the world, and not just us, but the other 12 tribes as well, waking up all over the planet. Folks, this is serious, very serious. This is a serious show tonight. This is a serious program tonight. Some people are having a hard time understanding what identity is most important. The most important identity that shouldn't even be in the same conversation of being a Hebrew Israelite is who we are in Christ. It's ludicrous to talk about the natural Jew with regards to us being here in Christ and the Father see when he see us he see Christ and giving us righteousness, giving it to us, not something we can work for. When you bring up those 613 laws, which we are supposed to keep laws, the Spirit guiding us day by day, minute by minute, is for sure going to be keeping those laws. And really, there's more than 613 laws. Everything the Spirit tells you to do is not in the Old Testament. Folks, listen, this is serious. The Scripture says there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, for ye are all one. What about those Gentiles? The scripture says ye are one, one body in Christ. So this identity is 1,500 times, maybe a million times more important than the natural Jew. Remember, the Israelites knew who they were. They was confident in who they were. They was cocky, or if you will, in who they were, but their rebellion caused their descendants to be put in slave ships and to be taken to a place called America and taken to various parts of Africa and India and China and to undergo some of the worst treatment human beings have yet to go through because of the rebellion of those Israelites that knew who they were according to the flesh. The reason why the Five Smooth Stone Network play my little jingle song again. You hear this song, this jingle, this little network song that we play all the time. By the way, this is about an old pastor of mine by the name of Sam Nick. When you hear this, and he's talking about these five smooth songs, I want everybody to remember this. Brother Seth, I'm going to go on record right now 
and let you know this. Brother Seth, believe beyond a shadow of doubt that he is truly one of the lost tribes. Yes, he does. He believes it, and he can prove it. DNA, I mean, excuse me, D, well, not DNA, because I'm, I'm not a scientist, but I can prove it through uh, the scriptures. I can prove it through history. I can prove it through uh, really common sense that we are indeed one of the lost tribes of Israel. But I think that when you start talking about salvation and Christ coming to the earth and redeeming man, it is ludicrous. It shouldn't even be in the same conversation. When you're talking about the Hebrew Israelites, that's one conversation. When you're talking about Christ coming and redeeming man by his blood and the Father putting all of us in Christ and our new identity and we're sitting in heavenly places as the scripture talks about and we've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness and how the Father relates to us as he relates to Christ. Folks, it's not even it's not even, it's not even a comparison. So, Brother Seth, why do y'all spend so much time talking about this fleshly thing then? Because you will not understand why you, I'm talking about African-Americans, are in America going through some of the worst treatment. You would not know that you're simply acting, or not acting, but you, you're carrying out curses that is supposed to be upon a nation. Again, not individual households if they obey the Father. Hopefully, don't let me, I have to say it no more tonight. Again, when I talk about curses, it's only talking about to be on a nation. And Christ came to this earth, and his nation was operating under a curse, and yet he, yet he had all that power. You, he has given us power if we accept it and use it, if we are obedient and if, and if we are believe, if we believe we have faith. These things are for us, our individual households, but we're talking about what the nation is going through. Folks, listen. Again, and we can move on past this, it's ludicrous to even compare the two, Okay. The flesh, the law was limited. The law is what introduced sin. There was no sin without the law. When the law came, the, the Apostle Paul says it very clearly, when the law came, sin revived and I died. The law introduced us to sin. There's nothing. We need the law because we didn't know how to live and we was destroying ourselves with practices and beliefs. And the Father had to give us those laws so we would even so we wouldn't kill ourselves, we wouldn't kill others, and so we would. And I don't mean literally kill like with a knife, or I mean just destroy ourselves with our culture, destroy ourselves with our food, destroy ourselves the way we handle our wives, destroy ourselves the way we handle our children, destroy ourselves the way we handle our enemies, just destroy ourselves in every way. So He gave us these laws to 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 to, to, to help us see that this was destructive. But the law did something very damaging. It, at the same time, introduced to us sin. And that sin drove us out of the Father's presence. It, 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 it drove us away from the Father, not to the Father. So we needed something that will both bring us back to the Father and take care of our sins, take care of the guilt that comes with our sin. And this all happened with the gift offered on the hill we call Golgotha, or in the Messiah's death, burial, and resurrection. His offering up of himself. So just know that, brothers and sisters, please. Um, please know that. I'm trying to switch gears here. So someone asked me, Brother Seth, um, you know, we, we were just talking, and uh, I, like I said, I let them know that I can talk about these other things. We can talk about these other things, but I was letting him know that there's a lot of other ministers that talks about who we are in Christ. Excuse me. 
uh, our new birth, uh, uh, what we inherited in Christ, and how that we have a, a, a weightier blessing uh, in Christ than just knowing we Israelites and what Israel was and the great nation they was, which they were the greatest nation ever to be assembled on this planet. They was the richest nation, I believe. Uh, uh, at least they have the richest king. I don't know if I can say they're the richest nation. I want to stay biblical. They have the richest king in Solomon. Uh, but they didn't hurt for anything uh, when Israel was at its peak. Uh, they didn't have a ghetto. They didn't have poverty. Uh, this was a mighty, mighty nation, uh, folks. There's something to hold your head up uh, with in one regard, and then at the same time not getting too haughty with that because, remember, the sins of those same people is what brought us into the worst treatment here in the Americas. So, listen, I want to talk about some scriptures and just, just the profound things that happen when many of us receive the Most High in our life. When we heard the good news of what Christ did, what he uh, suffered, how he died, y'all know that story. I'm not going to get into the the, the, the um, Salvation 101 if you, if you don't mind. You, most of you know that you have to believe in the Messiah, believe his news, believe what he had to say about his father, believe what he had to say about everything. And when you embrace his teachings and you embrace the Messiah and you, you invite the Most High into your life and you choose to follow uh, the Most High by, by following Christ, you are considered a believer, uh, what some people call a Christian. Uh, which is a bad name. It's not really the name we should go by. It's more of the saints or believer. Well, listen, folks. Now I'm about to share with you what I share with the young man that he was just baffled by, again, that we just don't talk about on this show because, again, there's other ministers that talk about it. So the first thing I want to say to everybody is this. Are you aware? We're going to play a little game, I guess, like we do on, my, on our old family show, called Did You Know? Brothers and sisters, did you know? That when you accepted the Most High in your life and begin to follow Christ's example, did you know that you cease to exist according to who you are? I mean, yes, in this natural realm, we have a name, you know, Mr. Johnson, Mr. Taylor, Mr. Bob, you know. But according to the Bible, all these people going to church, all these people going to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, I don't know if they even know this. Matter of fact, I know they don't know it because... This is one of the issues at a, well, I shouldn't say that, but trust me, most Christians do not know what I'm about to say, and it's no slap in the face to them, it's just people not taught what really happened when you became born again. But when you became born again, it's just what it just said, you became born again. There's a part of us that is new, and we're not taught about that part of us, we only taught, taught about our flesh. We only talk about that part of us that's not new, the part of us that do still crave this world, never change. Some parts of us never change, or maybe, you know, our spirit is now dominating our life, but our flesh still craves smoking. Our flesh still craves women. Our flesh still craves drugs. Our flesh still craves all the things that we used to do before we gave our life to the Father. And we think, based upon the actions of our flesh and what we crave, that's who we are, when in reality, we are brand new. The Scripture talks about something that happened to us. This is some strange Scriptures that y'all been stumbling over probably all your life, and I'm going to bring a whole new different look at these Scriptures. The first one I'm going to talk about 
this is really, really something. I'm so glad that I got around to doing this show. Check this out, folks. Listen to the scripture. Now, remember, if you're born again and you believe you're a saint, this is you. Did you know this? The scripture says, in him, the most powerful words I'm going to share tonight. In him. That should be the name of this program, if if it had a title. In him, we live, we move, and we have our being. In him, we live, we move, and we have our being. What that is saying, some of y'all may know, and you may think, oh, this is the most elementary thing I've ever heard. Stay with me. I'm about to make some turns. I guarantee you never heard. In him, we live, we move, and we have our being. Now, listen. Many people believe that when we are sinning or when we're messing up and our flesh is craving the world, that you're not born again. And then when you repent, you're born again. And then when you sin, you're not born again. And then when you, folks, listen. If you are born again and you're in Christ, your identity is hid. Your sins, according to how the Father sees you, in terms of you being able to come into his presence or not, is hid. The new man is not under the law. There is no sin with regard to that new man. Our flesh is what serves sin. Our flesh is what serves lust. Our flesh is what serves greed. Our flesh is what served the lying, cheating, all of the sins that you are familiar with. It's our flesh. The Bible says it's, we sit in like two places. I want you all to stay with me. I'm not, I know it's going to sound spooky, but all of this is Bible-based. Listen to this, folks. Acts 17 and 28. For in him we live, we move, and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we also, his offspring. One more time. Actually, I don't want to do this. I want to read the, a little bit more of that. I don't want to play around with that. I want to read the, that's Acts 17. We're going to go to Acts 17. Again, the King James Version Bible. And I want y'all to listen to this verse. This is weird. Folks think they're running around here and whatever their flesh is doing, that's what they're doing. And pe- preachers are preaching like you are your flesh, and if you love God, you wouldn't do this. If you love God, you wouldn't do that. If you're born again, you're born again, period. If you're in Christ, you're in Christ, period. You're either in Christ or you're not in Christ. You're either born again or you're not born again. And whoever is born again, we're going to read a little later on, that the Father has put something in them called his seed. First John 3 and 9 talks about him putting his seed in you. This is what makes us born again. This is what makes us righteous. He, he put us, in other scriptures, words are like this. Again, we're in Christ. Folks, there is no sin in Christ. We cannot sin. I'm talking about the true us, those of us that are born again. The scripture says it like this about Abraham. Blessed is the man whom the father will not count his sins. And we have been saved after Abraham. Yes, there is sin that we can do with our flesh, but the father does not count it against us. He does not see that sin because we are 
in Christ. One scripture talks, I'm going to try to get to them too, but it talks about being hid in Christ. If you're hid in Christ and you're dead in Christ, why do we think that some kind of way we are what our flesh is craving on the earth when the Bible says that we are not on the earth? We're on the earth. Follow me, folks. Our bodies are on the earth. We're walking around talking all of this, but the way the Father chooses to see us is by the spirit man, the inside, that inside person. That's what he relates to. And when that person is born again, the Bible says that he will not hold sin against us in terms of it blocking us from coming into his presence, it blocking us from being in Christ. We, When the Father sees us, he sees Christ. Else, why do you say, brothers and sisters, that we are of the body of Christ? We're one body, one body. How can you be one body? And then turn around and you're talking about you're sinning. Then that's a whole other body. With the flesh we serve sin, but the Father has moved our identity out of our flesh. The Father has moved our identity out of our bodies, out of our flesh. He does not handle us like we're in the body. He handles us like where our spirits are at. And he placed our spirit. I know this is a little spooky sounding. But I can show you. We're going to read it. Don't worry. Just bear with your brother tonight. I know I sound like I'm a little way out there, but bear with me tonight. I'm going to show you scripture that's going to literally say what I just said. Else, how can you be related to someone? How can you be related to someone in a church setting where you call them your brother and your sister if you're not born again? And if you are born again, what 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 birthed you? How are you born again? If you really are born again, that means you're new. Okay, if you're new, tell me about that new person. We thought... It's new mean you got a new attitude. You got a new attitude towards sin. You got a new attitude towards this. No, that's not what born again is. Born again really means something is different about you. The Father sees you completely in Christ. That's why we're we're supposed to be baptized. When we get baptized, it represents what happened to us. Hear your brother tonight. When we're baptized, brothers and sisters, that is a physical demonstration of what happened to us in the spiritual realm. We went down an old man where the Father dealt with us according to what we do in our body like some of y'all think he's dealing with us right now. He dealt with us like what you do, you do. It wasn't no Christ. He dealt with us like, you know. When we went down in that water, it represents that that person, that's Seth, my name is Seth, it's like when I got baptized, my old body, my life of living stuck in a certain location called the flesh, or let's just say I wasn't in Christ for clarification, that all went away. When I was pulled back up out of the water, that represent what happened in the spiritual realm. I am a new creature. It probably would be best we change our names when we came born again because I no longer exist in terms of how the Father seen me. When he see me, when he see you, brothers and sisters, if you are indeed born again, he sees Christ. Not you in Christ. Christ. This is what gives us the authority to be able to pray in his name. This is a glorious truth. 
And the scriptures talks about how that if the Satan knew that the Father would put humanity in Christ or could put humanity in Christ, just think of a big container. I like to use this when I'm talking about this, when I'm teaching on this. I like to think of an aquarium or a big container. Just imagine putting something inside of it and closing the lid. We are hid inside of a container, inside of a vessel called Christ. We no longer exist. Okay, I know how it sounds. Watch this, though. Watch this. Okay, so again... Explain the scripture here. Again, verse 28. We'll start at verse... Uh, again, verse 28 says, For in him we live, we move, and we have our being. I want you to read, when you get a chance, read that whole chapter, but I just want to hit that because that's a key verse right there. Because I have a lot of scripture, and I don't want to just stay there. But again, this is Paul speaking... Um, course in the book of Acts, you know, after the church is born, and he's talking about our identity in Christ, that we no longer exist. We no longer exist. I'll start at verse 24. Let me just slow down here, and I will read a little bit of this. Uh, verse 24 of Acts 17 says, God that made the worlds and all things therein Seeing that he is the Lord of the heavens and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with man's hands, as though he needed anything. Seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made one blood, made of one blood all nations of men, to dwell on all the face of the earth. And have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation. Verse 27. That they should seek the Lord, if happy they feel after him. If happy they might feel after Mr. Order with that. Verse 27. That they, may, that they should seek the Lord, if happy they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live, we move, and we have our beings. All right, folks, let's, let's do this. I want to go to another scripture. I want to share more scriptures about in him, how... Okay, let's go over to... Uh, you're going to see what I mean by... Now, again, this is from a Hebrew... Hebrew-Israelite Hebrew perspective. Again, many... Israelites, and some of you don't even believe that whole thing about us being Israelite. I understand this still is Salvation 101. I'm trying to show, uh, like I was showing the co-worker of mine, the importance of this over us being Israel. That's the first thing I want to accomplish. The next thing I want to accomplish is just sharing with brothers and sisters tonight what exactly happened with salvation, in salvation, how glorious a thing it was and how that we, our identity, was erased. And I had him a bishop a good while back, and I wish he was on tonight, but he thought that we didn't know any of this, and we just thinking that all our glory is in the flesh. Well, we tried to let him know that for sure our glory is in who we are in Christ. 
But I want to read this to you because this right here is amazing. What happens in the book of Romans when Paul talks about how that you are in one place, but he says to destroy the urges of the body upon the earth. This is crazy, man. This is in your Bible right there. Many of you never knew this. Again, Pastor Paul is talking about how when you all become a Christian or when you become a believer, it's a more appropriate name, or become a saint, how that when it says you're born again, how that that means you now is placed with Christ, not on the earth, but where Christ sitteth, you are in him. That's what happened when you're born again. Even though you're on the earth, you're working and, and, and you're marrying and have friends and you're going out and you you know, you take care of your home and your children, your natural body is there. But the father move I do mean the word move, M O V E D. He move he don't relate to you and just where you at on this earth. That's not just you. You're, you are a spirit. We are a spirit inside of a body. When we die, the body lays down, not the spirit. And when we became born again, brothers and sisters, when we became Christians, I don't like that word, but you know what I mean. When we became saints, when we began to believe in the Father and began to follow Christ, and the Bible says you can't even believe unless he draws you. So if you believe that Christ came to this earth, died and rose again, you can't even believe it unless he showed you. And if he showed you, you are for sure one of his, especially when you receive him or when you receive him. Again, when you receive him. One more time. When you receive him, you believe and receive him. Okay? And the scripture talks about it confessing with your mouth. Disbelieve, you you will be saved. The scripture talks about that. I'm going a little fast, y'all. Bear with me. Many of y'all know all these old scriptures. I mean, some of the salvation scriptures. I'm just trying to talk about, if you don't mind, what exactly happened when you believe, when you confess with your mouth that Jesus or Yeshua is the Christ. When you say that the scriptures is true, when you begin to pray to the Father, what exactly really happened? Where are you? How does the Father see you? Even though you're on the earth and everybody's constantly calling your name and you got your name here and your name there and your name is on your house or on where you live and you you have all these paperwork with your name on it, you got a driving life with your name on it, the way the Father sees you is in Christ. And this is what gives us the authority to act as Christ when we go to do things like engage evil spirits, when we go to do things like operate in the spirit, which I know is, is over some of y'all's head. But I'll talk more about that a little later on. But the point of it is, we are literally Christ. Anyway, the more I share, you'll see what I mean. Again, we are literally Christ. We are in him. Okay? So I'm going to share more and more scriptures about in Christ. Before this, before this little talk is over, you're going to see that when you talk about Christ the Savior, his new elevated position, when the scripture says, sit here on my right hand, that I may make your enemies your footstool, you're going to see in a minute that we're in him. We don't have all power like the Father's given him all power, but the Father sees us in him. And, and the scripture, I mean, when I say, okay, 
slow down, her brother says, slow down, slow down. The Bible says, and I want, for time's sake, and the fact that I'm about to turn to Romans 8, the scripture says, that the Father said unto the Son, sit here on my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. The Father is counseling the Messiah as how to run this earth and how to make his enemies his footstool. Okay? So it's not a war against Yahweh or Yahweh or Yah and the devil. It's really Christ running the heavens and the earth and the powers of darkness is at this kingdom that he's over. But the Father says, sit here until I make these enemies your footstool. Folks, with regards to us, though, we are in Christ. The way the Father deals with us is in Christ. With our flesh, with our body, we can sin, we can crave sin, we can do sin. But the Father don't equate that into the way he sees Christ because this new man is not under the law. The new man is not under the law. The Bible says where there is no law, there is no sin. This is why and how we have been given the gift of righteousness by way of being taken out and up under the law. Now, we are supposed to, because we're born again, this new creature that I've been talking about for the last 30 minutes, this new creature, because we're so new and we're so holy and we've been placed in Christ, we are supposed to handle our bodies, here it comes, what we're supposed to do with our bodies on the earth. We're supposed to handle our bodies from our spirit. Our spirit is commanding our bodies to move around, commanding our bodies to move around. Our spirit is supposed to command our bodies to live a certain way to obey certain rules, laws, whatever the Holy Spirit lead us to do, but make no qualms about it. That is not where our identity is. Our identity is in Christ. So that might come a shock to many of you that follow the Father's Moose on Network and hear me talk about the Israelite, the Israelite, the Israelite. But again, the reason why we talk about, and I don't want to keep saying this tonight, but the reason we have to talk about who we are in the natural, in the flesh, blood, guts, DNA, is because we're going through something as a people, and we don't know why. And it's making us look real cockeyed at the most high, so we ain't going to even pursue him enough to hear the glorious thing we can become in Christ. Our young people don't want no part of this church. So Brother Seth on the Five Months on Network have to talk about what we what we accomplish in the flesh, how we were the greatest people of all people, how when we went into wars we defeated our enemies because the most high fought right along beside us. Think about that for a second. How are you going to feed the people and the, the, the creators fighting with them? The most high clothed these people, literally clothed them. They had their wore shoes that didn't wear out for 40 years. He fed them for manna. He raised up prophets among them that could understand the thought, that could understand the seasons and the times and, and could, 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 could predict the future. And, and, and these people uh, uh, just 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 did crazy, amazing, miracle, miraculous things that no other people have done on this earth. And again, I'm talking about the Israelites. So we have to talk about who we are in the natural, in the flesh, to get our people to see that the Father does not hate you. He ain't down with no 
dark-skinned people and up with white people and hating on all the black countries and loving the white countries. The scripture says very clearly that he will bring a nation from the north and will empower them to rule over us and to, to, to bring us to this horrible place we find ourselves today. And this is why we cannot ascribe to white supremacy, whites being superior, whites being better at anything. We believe that the Most High have used them to break down the greatest people. In order to break down a great people, you got to be a great wicked people. And that is what is truly what happened in Europe. They was a wicked people full of anger and bitterness at their brothers and sisters from Africa having migrated up there, uh, albinos having lost pigmentation a long time ago and began to my, began to produce children after children, uh, generation after generation. And there is this, this, this chip on their shoulder. There is this bitterness towards the Most High, and yes, bitterness towards their brothers and sisters from Africa. And there has been this hatred and this, 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 this energy out of Europe to destroy because of this history. But I want to get too far off again tonight. It's a surprise topic here on the Five Stone Network. Brother Seth is simply talking about what happened when we became born again. What happened when we became born again? What did we inherit when we became born again? What things changed when we became born again? And how does that relate to the whole revelation of us being Israelites? Folks, a lot of people simply don't know this. They think you just saved and they don't... They think... Your salvation depends upon what you do in the flesh, how you go to church. And yes, we're supposed to go to church so we can be reminded of what we are in the Spirit. We're supposed to read our Bible because we can be reminded of what happened to us in the Spirit. We're supposed to fast and pray to keep these bodies not acting out, but our bodies serving the will of this born-again Spirit. We're supposed to be praying, prayerful, given to prayer and, and supplication because of what this new man is, and so we can be obedient to this new man. We're supposed to take these bodies and afflict them by fasting and praying so this new man can rule through our bodies, our, our, our minds, our hands, our feet our materials, our cars, our homes, the new man can rule over these things and be able to transform others looking on our lives. So, yes, on this Five Smooth Stone Network, Brother Seth is sharing tonight how the new man, the born-again man, is 1,500 times more important than who we are in the natural. But, again, we have to know what happened to natural so we won't understand our father, we won't understand our behavior, we won't hate ourselves, because a lot of that going on, a lot of black people hating themselves, hating each other, because they don't know why we're acting out. They don't know why we're wilding out. They don't know why we're at the bottom of every single aspect of life. And there's this self-hate, there's this self-disrespect. Black people don't really respect each other because at some point you get tired of hearing even each other complain. It's like something is wrong with us. And if you don't know that this has been a divine curse put on the once royal people of the scriptures, if you don't know that, you could 
look just like them, be a part of them, and hate them. And that is what's going on with a lot of our young people today. There's just some disrespect among the brothers because they don't understand there's our hatred, there's anxiety among us. We just can't deal with us. So a lot of our young people choose to be a part of another culture. They want to get as far as they can away from us because they can't stand us because they don't understand why we're malfunctioning. So Brother Seth and the Fossil Sun Network and other ministries all over the world have to talk about race. We have to talk about who are the natural biological descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob so people can, again, uh, 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 so those Israelites can know who they are and why they're malfunctioning as well as other nations looking at them, brothers and sisters, need to know who they are so they won't mistreat them. I will repeat that. Other brothers and sisters looking on our white brothers and sisters, Indian brothers and sisters, some other African brothers and sisters, Australian brothers and sisters, just the human planet need to know who we are according to the flesh so they'll understand why we're behaving the way we're behaving and that the Father is not just picking on us. Another reason they need to know who we are, talking about fleshly stuff. We're switching gears. I was just talking about the Spirit. Now I'm trying to show you how wise and important we are in the flesh because the Bible is contradicting itself. There's a lot of prophecies that don't make sense if you put the wrong people into who, if, if you put those people in Israel today, those Israelis, if you put them in Bible prophecy and try to make them the Jews, Bible prophecy is not going to make sense, and the Bible is going to contradict itself. That's why it's important to know who African Americans are and other lost tribes are all over the planet. It's important to know to understand your Bible and understand prophecy and to put the proper pieces of puzzle together to understand the return of our Savior. Folks, it's important to know who Israel is in the natural. But like I said earlier, it's 1,500 times more important to know who the born-again Jew is, the, the spiritual Jew, as the Bible called. That's far more important. So you need both. Again, I was talking to a co-worker, and we was talking about various things, and one of the things I began to think about when I kind of walked away from this very needed conversation around this topic is, folks, listen. People are writing off folks that talk about races. They're just haters, and, and they're just stuck in the flesh, and, and they're taking our people backwards, and, they, and they're a problem, and a lot of pastors are, are that's why we had the show last week and the, and the week before, a lot of pastors and churches are missing this great move of the Father because they hear things like black, white, Israelites. They hear things like flesh and genealogy, and, and it turns them off because they know the power of Christ and the Father and what he did in Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection. But the scriptures also say, brothers and sisters, that man shall live. We're about to get some more to the scriptures here about who we are in Christ. But let me just say this. The Bible says, the scripture says, Christ said, Man shall live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of 
divine scripture, man shall live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Most High. Folks, my goodness, my goodness. Like I said, I've been wanting to talk about this topic for a very long time, and I just been, haven't been able to. And I'm just so thankful for many of you that have tuned in tonight. I see you, see you on the phone lines. Again, those of you in the chat room, really appreciate y'all tonight. Again, you listen to the five minutes on network. And Brother Seth, I'm, I'm solo tonight, at least for now, until maybe one of our um, co-hosts may call in. But tonight, folks, again, we're just, we just, we just balancing out something that's very important. some confusion in the camp um, about uh, how we're to live as Israelites uh, in this New Testament dispensation, you know, this new man that we have, and many people are are preaching uh, who we are in the flesh as though that's a type of salvation, when knowing you are Israelite or Hebrew or Jew has never been able to salvage you from sin. It was never given for that reason. It was the, the Most High never called Israel Israel just to save them from their sin. They had to live a certain way. And even with them, him giving them the law, excuse me, even though he gave them 613 laws, they still were unable to live uh, in a way that would savage them. And so he had to bring a, 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 a lamb, if you will, a Messiah that would die, uh, not just like the bulls and goats that were slain for their sins every time they were sin in the Old Testament. As many of you know, they would kill a, a lamb or a bull or a goat. And once that goat was killed, the most, most High did not take it, take the sin out on the people by destroying them or putting plagues on them because that innocent lamb died on behalf of that people. But when Christ died once, once, that's why everybody called the lamb, the lamb, once he died once and for all, it's like a lamb has been offered every second for our sin. We're just as holy as those Israelites were in that it's like the blood is being offered every single second. I don't know what it is. I've got a strong cough here. Okay, folks, I'm going to take a little short break because I don't know what it is. I'm just coughing, coughing, coughing. But listen, again, I am about to get deep into some scriptures, I guarantee you. I guarantee you, you've heard all your life, but you've never heard it broke down like I'm about to break it down. I'm about to show you, beyond a shadow of doubt, that you, my friend, if you believe in Christ, if you accepted the Father in your life, and you are, are being led by the Ruach, I'm not talking about perfect people. I'm just talking about folks that believe you'll be justified by faith, not by your works. You're justified by faith, not by your works. None of us, all of our righteousness is filthy rags, the scripture says, but we're justified by faith. When we have that faith, the Father sees us in Christ and does not hold sin against us. We suffer because of sin in our flesh, because our flesh is not saved, but in terms of our, our, our spirit, man, that's the church without spot or wrinkle. What we are, the spirit, it's already without spot or wrinkle. Our flesh is never going to get it together. Even though we fast, we pray, we buffet it, and the Spirit can move through the body and do different things on the earth, that is not where our salvation lies. And whether or not we flesh out or whether or not we sin, that is not where our salvation lies. It can hinder, it can hinder our peace and our whole living on the earth by smothering the Spirit and not allowing it to 
use us. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit using our spirit through these bodies to do different things for humanity and for ourselves and for our family. If you are in a lot of sin, you can't hinder the Spirit from using you. And so in that regard, you won't enjoy a type of salvation on the earth. But in terms of the ultimate salvation, being the Father's, being His, uh, who He's coming back for, living with Him after we leave this earth, uh, being able to walk in His presence sinless, unlike the priest in the Old Testament doesn't have to have that the, the blood uh, uh, sprinkle. That you don't have to worry about. So, anyway, I'll talk more about that particular drink, folks, particular short break. Again, you've been listening to Five on Network. I'm Brother Seth. And uh, we'll be right back again. Uh, this on talking about this. Um, well, it's not a surprise now. Y'all know what the topic is. Anyway, we'll be right back. This is a group called Kingdom and Amazing. I'm not gonna play all this song. Just a little bit of it, just so I can get a type of drink. And then I'm gonna give, I'm gonna get to some scripture that's gonna show even more that truly the Father does not see you in the flesh; He sees you in the spirit. Powerful, powerful, powerful.
Brown. Again, you're listening to the Five Six Down Network. I'm Brother Seth. And tonight we have a surprise topic. We're pretty much talking about uh, kind of a conversation that started really on my job, you know, where somebody was always trying to talk about um, why we don't always talk about some of the more spiritual things going on, uh, more, more spiritual topics. And uh, we, I kind of was letting them know that it's because a lot of other ministers talk about them and and then I told him that I could uh, co-worker. What's his name? We won't. We'll just just say co-worker for now. But I began to uh, I began to share how that uh, I didn't know all of our spiritual identity and know of all those topics to talk about. But we just don't talk about the process on that work because so many other ministries are talking about that. Of these topics, uh, very important topics, even more important than what we talk about on the Five Zone Network. But there's so many people talking about it, and uh, I, I want to be a service to humanity, and I want to talk about things that I know is very hard to find. I remember coming up as a younger person, having a lot of questions in church, and uh, I wasn't always seen as a, uh, um, 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 I wasn't always seen in a good light because of my inquisitive nature, you know, just wanting to understand the Bible, just wanting to understand the Father, just wanting to understand myself sometimes, and uh, a lot of pastors, not all, and a lot a lot of uh, saints, not all, just was threatened by that, and uh, I remember it, I remember it very clearly, and uh, it, 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 it really changed me, and I've always said that uh, when I get in a position, uh, I'm going to not do that with, with, with the younger generation, I'm going to I'm gonna tell what I know and share what I know, and, and it kind of it kind of spilled over when I was called to preach and, and begin to uh, and this is when I begin to really take this more serious. But folks, listening anyway tonight, what are we what are we dealing with? Again, it's a surprise topic. No more, no longer surprise. Those of you that clicked on the surprise, it did say surprise though. Just that's I have to say that. But it is for sure we are talking about what exactly happened. When you became born again, how does that relate to the Hebrew Israelite? How should we look at it as a Hebrew Israelite? How do you walk as a Hebrew or a, a African American or one of the lost tribes scattered out the four corners that may have tuned into this show? And you are definitely Israelite. How should you look at yourself? How should you look at the Father? How should you look at you? How should you look at your brothers and sisters or or those other nations? What has happened to you? Well. You are an Israelite by blood, for sure. You are Israelite by blood. Nobody can take that away. You either are, you're not. It's a DNA thing. And there are certain blessings and curses that's to be upon Israel forever, and that's the only way you can really tell who a true Israelite is by looking at what has been upon that nation. You are part of a nation, brothers and sisters. And so when we look at the African American, just one of the lost tribes in America, and uh, we look at the plight that they're going through, Somebody has to let them know why they're going through what they're going through. Yes, it's the most important thing is you do have to come through Christ. You have to submit to his will, to the will of the Father, I should say, and follow Christ's example. Yes, you have to be led by the Ruach, Kadesh, or the Holy Spirit. Very true, very true, very true. And uh, But you still need to know all truth. The Scripture says, uh, the Messiah said, Man shall live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Father. Man shall live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of the Father. Okay? 
it's not just one truth. And then there's a, there's a part of the scripture. I won't turn to it for uh, lack of time, but there's one scripture that talks about let us move on past the doctrines of Christ and of repentance and let us move on past these things into some deeper teachings. And Paul made it clear that we will revisit this as the Father will. But he has some deeper things to share. So we need every word, every word out of the scriptures. We need every word. And I will say, though, salvation in, through Christ, um, submission to the Holy Spirit, following the, the Ruach, or submission to the Father, is far more important than any other thing that can be taught. I will say that. But I do think the Father is doing a new thing. He is doing things with, all the, with his people once they have come in out of the rain through Christ and they're born again for sure. They have a new man. Their old man is, is, is done away with. Yes, they have the same name. They live at the same place. They drive the same car. But the way the Father sees them according to the scriptures is brand new. We're about to get into some of those scriptures. you got to hear this. Folks, I got so many scriptures. It's not even funny. But I, I'm going to try my best to read uh, some of these. I mean, I have hundreds here talking about how we became a new person. We only write scriptures saying that you don't exist no more. In terms of your spirit, man, who you are in the spirit, yes, you still have family members and you have co-workers and you have... You know, people that know you before you was born again. But folks, in terms of how the Father sees you, oh, 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 do I wish pastors and apostles would teach on this even more than they do. Because this is what people need to know. We don't exist no more, folks. I know I sound crazy saying that. There you are sitting up there with your name on this, your name on there. You have your driving license and all that. This is just in this realm, in this realm. But the Father chose. Don't ask me why. Take it up with the Father. Why didn't he just relate to us based upon, like all men relate to us, by our last name? My name is Seth Turner. Why don't the Father just relate to me based on Seth Turner, where I'm from, who my mom is, who my brother is, or Carl? Why can the Father just don't relate to us like that? Because all of that stuff is political. It has nothing to do with the real realm, the real world, our real powers. A lot of it was God given to us unjustly. Some things we got justly, some things we got unjustly. I, some of us have degrees, and we really don't have degrees. We don't remember all that information we got. And the Father just don't relate to us based upon this natural realm. The Scripture says He is a spirit, and those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So what does Brother Seth say tonight? I'm saying tonight that the, your Father, Yahweh of Israel, when Christ came, He was to be a lamb, a goat, a sacrifice, slain, killed one time for humanity, once and for all, and through his death, burial, resurrection, he placed human beings inside of the identity of Christ. So when the Father sees Christ, he literally sees all of us that is in Christ, that have accepted Christ, that have accepted the Father. He sees, when he sees Christ, he sees us. That's how he relates to us. That's how we're able to be with him when we die. And that's why he will not, here we go, that's why he will not hold our sins against us. Because the scripture says very clear, with the body, with our flesh, we serve sin and death. 
not what I screen. I'm about to read it though. Let's go to Romans. Let's go to Romans, folks. Again, Israelites, Israelites, Israelites. My goodness. How do we see this new man versus our flesh, versus our our our, our wonderful, glorious past as Israel? Well, we need to know about that wonderful, glorious past so we can understand uh, the Father and his love. There's a love story. There's the greatest love story ever told, ever wrote, ever penned. When you look at the story of Israel and Yah of Israel, the chances he gave them, the things he did for them, greatest love story ever. But you're not going to see no love if you just see all this pain we're going through, these police shootings and all stuff happening to our people and how we're on the bottom of every single aspect of life. You ain't going to see no glory in that. It's going to look like the Father's messing with us, beating us up, the torture to us, favor white people over us, favor white countries over dark countries. You're going to see all kind of weird, crazy stuff, especially if you listen to a lot of these preachers that don't know a lot, a whole lot about this. So... Again, this information of as far as who we are in the flesh, again, it's twofold. It's got kind of several topics going on at the same time. Make sure y'all hear me okay. Kind of got some water in the phone here. Hopefully y'all can hear me okay, though. Again, we got a couple topics. One is talking about what happened when we were born again and how that is thousands of times more important than who we are as a great nation, once great nation called Israel. So those of you that think both sets are just hung up on that, hopefully you'll change your mind after tonight. What we are, what we inherit in the spirit is so grand, it should not even be in the same conversation. It's how we're able to pray. It's how we're able to, how can you talk to the Most High? The Israelites can talk to the Most High. They had priests to talk to them. But now, we have access. The Bible says when Christ died on that cross, that the veil, there used to be this veil that was between the Holy of Holies and the rest of the parts of the temple, was rent. Meaning, we now can go to the Most High by way of the beloved or the Messiah, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, we now have access to pray to the Most High. That used to not be. That is 1,500 times more important than knowing you are a Jew, African Americans, knowing you are the people of the Bible. So, as we as a nation begin to embrace who we are now according to the flesh. I think we should do it. I think we should be proud about who we are. I think we should talk about that glorious history, talk about how we was the smartest nation because the Most High gave us his wisdom. We was the most beautiful nation because when we when we toppled other nations in the world, we took uh, their women, and, and you know men are going to always take the most beautiful uh, women, most men, and so we became a very beautiful people, the scripture talks about. And then we was uh, the wealthiest nation. We was the most 
powerful military. I may be repeating myself here, y'all. I'm not 100% tonight. But the bottom line was we were the number one nation on this earth because of who we belong to. And the Father said it would make us a great nation. So we should always rehearse this to our children of how great Israel was, how great Israel was. Not how great the Romans was, you know, Rome and, and, and all these white uh, white supremacist countries and all this, this fabricated lies about Europeans. But talk about the glory days of the people of the Bible. We ought to not forsake that. Because it would help us understand why we are in the situation we're in, and help us understand uh, the Bible and the uh, why you know it contradicts itself. If you try to put the people over in the Israel now, the Israelis into the prophecy, we got to know who we are to fit the proper people to prophecy to understand the Bible. We got to understand who we are in the fleshly. I want I want to keep saying fleshly because it is fleshly. Uh, we need to understand our fleshly identity so we would understand who these people are that's ruling over us. How the Father said, I will call a nation from the north. He calls them a wicked nation because we was wicked and we was a powerful nation, though even in our folly, even in our foolishness, we had prophets that was no joke. Powerful prophets, but just rebellious, but still powerful. How are you going to break down a nation of prophets and powerful people and number one diet, they had the number one diet and they was in health and they had the number one army. I mean, how are you going to break down something that powerful? You're going to need something. You're going to need the world's most rugged, wicked people on the face of the earth. And that's what the Father did in calling some Europeans down to Jerusalem to topple that nation. Actually called all of them. Jeremiah 1.15 said, I will call all all the nations of the north, all the nations of the north. Can y'all believe a scripture actually said that Jeremiah 1.15 talks about how the Father said he would call all the nations of the north down to Jerusalem as judgment against his people. So we need to understand that. It's very important, folks, very important, folks, very important. And then there's so much fighting and killing in the Middle East, and it's a world problem. It, it, it dominates the world news, the, 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 un, the uneasiness, the the, un, the, 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 the the war in the Middle East, sometimes there's war, all, sometimes there seems like peace all over the world, except in the Gaza Strip. Well, if we are indeed the people of the book, guess what? It's neither one of their lands. And that will solve the Gaza Strip problem by the world knowing that this that land is neither, it's neither theirs. It's neither the Israelis or the the Palestinians, and that Israel is truly in exile. That's your Bible, folks. Israel is truly in exile, folks. Israel truly is in exile, scattered at the four corners. So we definitely need that. And in terms of, uh, if I can uh, hit one more thing before I get into the scriptures, people say, well, Brother Seth, what does that mean as far as how we dress and how we're supposed to carry ourselves? You know, we got these laws we got to keep. And uh, how do we, you know, conduct ourselves with regards to the Shabbat or the Sabbath? You know, what do you, how do you feel about that? That's all fleshly. That's a very, very good question, you know, and we all have to just study. I'm, I'm not nobody's Holy Spirit, but that is a very good question, and it needs to be answered, just like all these other truths we talk about. So I just want to say this with regards to uh, things like the Sabbath, uh, things like wearing the fringes, uh, things like... Uh, 
know why I can't hear myself on this phone, but I know I can hear myself on the show. Just sounds kind of weird. Just let me do something with this mic here. One moment, everybody. Okay, hopefully y'all can hear me. I think I can hear myself a little better now. There we go. All right, folks. So as far as how we carry ourselves as a nation, you know, all this that you see going on where our people are finding out they're Israelites and a lot of them are dressing a certain way, they're uh, eating a certain way, I think all of that is needed and should be needed. I think we should act as close as we can as our to our forefathers. I think we should dress with the fringes. I think we should observe the Sabbath, even though I don't think that's the Sabbath today. I think we should still observe as a nation. We all, if we all, you know, all not rest that day, all seek the Most High more so that day. I do, I do believe in the Sabbath like that, but I don't think that's what the Father's looking for. Uh, I think those that have learned to um, not to, to see some work period in their life, see some doing it their way, period in their life, have this Sabbath mindset, have this Sabbath way of looking at the world, their life, their children. And then the scripture talks about let us labor, let us labor to enter into his rest. So there is a rest that remains to the people of God, and it's not the sixth day, the seventh, the seventh day. I don't believe that. Uh, so that's a whole other topic. Uh, but I do believe that if we follow the Holy Spirit, that we're, out, we're going to cover all lives we're supposed to be from wearing fringes to whether or not you cut your beard, whether or not all of those things that you see, different Israelites all over the country and the world, for that matter, trying to observe. I think it's great, great, great that they do that. As long as they are not trying to be justified, here we go, as long as they're not trying to be justified by those works, because it says very clearly we should be justified by our faith. We are supposed to be obedient, and if we're obedient in keeping a lot of these laws, it salvages us, it helps us. We can look more uniform as a nation. When we all do something a certain way, uh, other nations can, can can pay attention to us. We can be more, uh, we are really called to be evangelists. We're supposed to be calling, called to win other people to the Most High, and I think this, this can happen when we're more uniform. So there is a place for the fringes, there is a place for us not trimming our beards and all the things that you read the scriptures, how the scripture uh, uh, talks about how the Israelites live, what they ate, not eating uh, shrimp, not eating uh, food that crawls on the floor of the ocean that eat, you know, that eat um, just junk, trash, uh, but how to eat according to the Levitical laws. All these things we can learn through following the rock, Kadesh, the Holy Spirit, you know, he will lead and guide us into all truth. So, folks, listen, this show is very important because, again, there are extremes. There are those who are spiritual Jews, and they have no value for the natural Jews. They feel like it's over, it's done, the Father's not doing nothing with no natural Jews. Y'all just quit tripping. Even if you are Jews, it don't matter no more. Well... It does matter because there's a lot of confusion about what the Bible is saying. There's a lot of, here's a good one, here's a good reason why it's important to know who the biological descendants of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob is. Because a lot of our brothers and sisters are feeling like these white people that rule over us is just plum evil. There's no God calling us, no judgment on us, it's them. It's these white folks doing this to us, and they hate them, and they, some people is taking upon themselves to go past just hating them. And so uh, 
But the Father said, when you begin to not walk with me and obey my commandments and and you begin to go hard with these other nations with their customs and traditions instead of sticking to your own, he said that he would come against them and that he would come against them with the people from the north and he would scatter them about the four corners and the slave ships and that their houses would be led by women and that they won't enjoy their young men because they'll be taken to captivity. And he talks about how they'll be oppressed in all areas of life. He talks about how they, you know, even their young children will be oppressed by people from the north. He talks about how they'll have wives, but they're not going to enjoy their wives because another nation is going to come and actually sleep with their wives, which is what happened in slavery for a long, long, long time. The father went on talking about the exact specific things that will happen to Israel. So, folks, we got to know who they are. It's just that simple, okay? So for those of you, again, that's, that's been over the years saying, well, why don't you talk about the spiritual Jew? Why don't you talk about the spiritual Jew? This is a show tonight. This is what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the spiritual Jew. We're talking about what happened when he was born again. We're talking about how this is 1,500 times more important than the natural Jew. We're talking about how you need both the spiritual Jew, uh, the information you need, you need to know who you are. You need to walk in that identity. But at the same time, you need not to forsake. If you are an Israelite, you need not to forsake. If you are an Israelite, you need not to forsake who you are in the flesh. You need to rehearse it to your children. This is who we are, and this is what happened to us and why we were brought to this place. And I want to just, you need to tell your children. I'm telling you this so you will tell your children the same thing I'm telling you, to stick with the Most High. Obey Him. Receive His Messiah. Don't be like your forefathers. Receive receive the Father. and Walk with the Father. Follow the Son. You know, uh, follow Christ as He follows the Most High. And, and folks, this is what we're supposed to do. It's just that simple. It's just that simple. Well, folks, I want to take another little break. Again, I have a little, little bit of issue with my throat. But this is all good. This is all good. I've been wanting to do this show for a while because, again, we get so much confusion about people just, uh, like I said, on either extreme. One extreme, you got folks trying to ignore the whole, uh, uh, anything regarding to the Jews in the Bible. They want to just, just act like it just it shouldn't be there or it's, we were not under the uh, Old Testament no more. And then you got people on the far, on the extreme opposite that feel like we're Israel, you know, um, they don't want to talk about no spiritual Jew. They don't understand no spiritual Jew. And they don't, don't understand our identity being hid, being literally hid. See, if you don't exist, how can you be a Jew? So, yes, in terms of moving forward, brothers and sisters, in terms of moving forward the way the Father sees us, we're in Christ. And he did say he would do a work with natural Israel just because of a covenant he made with Abraham that he would not utterly cast his seed down. He would not utterly destroy these Israelites who the scripture said would be a rebellious people. Moses said they would be a rebellious people after he passed. After he died, Moses said, you Israelites, you Jews are going to be a rebellious people. That's why we don't look at the curses. So when we look at the curses, we see us acting out. Y'all bear with me here. When we look at the curse we see us acting out, first let me take a break. Let me just take a break. There's a few little things going here, and I want to I want to nail this down about who we are in Christ. So this one, I just want to make sure the time don't get away from me because I want to have about um, good forty scriptures talking about how we are in Christ and how our identity is here. And I want to stay on topic here. I have a tendency to sometimes 
two extremes, and uh, we're just trying to bring a balance tonight. Okay? We'll be right back, folks. This is Molly. I believe, and we'll be right back. Thinking about the world, looking at the nation. Suicide, genocide, homicide. Three words come to mind. Times are changing. No more rumors, there are wars going on. Twisted doctors, scientists making clones. Economy got some backs against the wall. People dying for no reason at all. People of God don't even read their Bibles. There's no faith, no trust in the word. But everybody seems to be quoting scripture. It's just another word they heard. Pastors leaving pulpits cause they're tired. It's all based on how we feel. Overheard two people speaking the other day. One said that God's not real, but I'm just one of them more people who's got a hold on. Sometimes I can't see, but I still believe he's taking care of me. Oh, I'm just one of them old people God's got a hold on. I'll choose to look on the brighter side in spite of all the negativity I'm surrounded by. No, it ain't perfect, but that's all right. Cause his hand is on me and it's keeping me alive. So many disappointments. So much I don't understand. So much I don't have answers for. That's what makes me trust you more In a world that's always changing Everything's rearranging But no matter what's going on I'ma be standing I'ma be holding on Your truth, their truth, my truth Your God, my God, our view all I know is one thing nowadays Is we all need hope, we all need faith And I'm just one of them old people Who's got a hold on Sometimes I can't see But I still believe He's taking care of me Yes, he is Oh, I'm just one of them old people God's got a hold on
talk to that. Okay. All right, again, you've been listening to the Five Football Network. I'm Brother Seth. And tonight, I've been talking about a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But, um, <laughs> very important topic tonight, folks. Again, uh, there is a balance needed. There is a balance. There's a lot of Israelite brothers and sisters that are really, uh, have taken their new identity, this new revelation that the Father for sure is doing in the earth. And they have made it out of a God all by itself. I said they made it out of a God all by itself. So tonight, just trying to bring a little bit of balance to everything. Because truly, we gotta be we gotta be as my stepfather says, gotta be kingdom related. In other words, Whatever you're doing, if it's of the Father, it'll live forever. People will be quoting you for many years to come. If it's, if, if it's of the Father, if it's a name of the Father, it ain't going nowhere. They'll be quoting you forever because what your words are is living, living words because you're simply speaking what the Father's saying. It's just so simple. So when I do shows, I try to do shows that's based upon the scriptures and based upon the word because I really truly want to be a blessing to people. And I know that if I put them out there that's not true, it's not going to last for long. It's not going to live for long. It's not going to be around. When I die, one of these days, that'll be it. You know, I don't want to be a person just known for maybe driving a nice car, living in a nice home. But that stuff is fickle. That's not my goal. I hopefully have a nice car and, and, and a, a, a dream house and all these things. But folks, I want to live long. I want people to be talking about me long after I'm gone. And the teachings and, and the things I did, not just the teachings, it's how I live my life. I want people to mimic me. I want to be about something, okay, instead of live my life just working, build a golden cab and leaving nothing. So again, tonight we're talking about extremes, two extremes. One extreme, again, is talking about uh, uh, spirituality, what actually happened when I was born again. And, and, uh, and uh, also we have a one extreme, those believers that say,
mindset, the same teaching, and that is the extreme, it's an extreme lie. I mean, uh, we are just never understand the true essence of who you are in Christ and the benefits that came with that. Speaking of that, let me go ahead and talk about some of these scriptures that, um, and I think I'm going to turn the music down and listen because we're going to go fast. And I want y'all to hear me on this right here. Now, check this out, folks. All your life, all your life, most of you have heard things like, oh, you're born again, you know, you're a new creation Christ, and everything's a pastor. Well, we say these things, we, you know, but I don't think we really believe it. I don't think we really believe it. I just don't think we really believe it. I honestly do that, folks. I think we fantasize about it. <laughs> let's let's just go to the word. You'll see what I mean. I want y'all to really tell me, do you really believe what I'm about to read here? Yeah, I would really love to know. Those you on the phone lines, again, press one. Come on, talk to me tonight, folks. I don't have a, a guest with me. I don't have a co-host, so you get to, to talk to me. Okay. Colossians 3. Verse 5, but really the whole chapter. I want y'all to tell me, do you really believe what we're about to read here? Listen to this. This is in your Bible. Talking about you, that so-called born again as a Christian. Do you really believe this? If you then be risen with Christ, stop right there. How can you be risen with Christ? First question. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of the God. One more time. Colossians 3.1. If you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. So it's talking like you can be risen with Christ. But how? You're sitting there, you didn't go nowhere, you didn't die or nothing, you still got your last name, still got your social security card, your driving license, everybody still call you the same name. Before you so-called got born again, they still call you the same thing. Some, some of us have the same cravings, our flesh is still going to do some of the same. How is it you're risen with Christ? That's the first question. It's, verse 2, set your affection on things above, not on the things on the earth. Now that's weird right there. Who does that? For ye are dead. What? <laughs> For ye are dead. Israelites. Ye are dead. How can that be? You listen to me. It says ye are dead. So some, some part of us died. I mean, really, really, really. I mean, really, really, really. Something, some part of us died. Verse 3. For ye are dead, and your life is healed. Oh, so now you're alive again. Now you're alive again. For your life is healed with Christ in God. That's what I was saying earlier. We really... In the natural, our last name, our DNA, it really don't exist to the Father. In this natural realm called the earth, 
Do we have a last name, a history? And does it matter what our flesh craves and all of that? And the Bible does talk, we're going to read it a little bit. It does talk about even though you are hidden Christ, you have a body upon the earth, a mind, a spirit, and all, uh, you have a, a body upon the earth. It says how to handle this body on the earth. But your spirit is positioned with Christ. I know that's hard to comprehend because we on this earth, we walk around with not out of the spirit, spooky, spooky. But I'm just talking about how the most high sees born again believers tonight and the importance of all of us knowing that there's a part of us that is so righteous, it is not funny. We are as righteous as the Most High Himself. And the thing that made us righteous, that made us born again, that thing cannot sin. And I want to get around to First John 3 and 9 when we get a chance. Write that down. We'll get around to it. But i got a whole lot of scriptures, folks. And you got to do a lot of explaining. Those of you that say, no, we Israelites, you know, or no, we black, or no, we white. This now probably going to sound like Bishop Robert E. Smith. Where is he at when you need him? But folks need to understand, we can't talk about these things in this network. We just don't because so many ministers do have this truth, and they're teaching it. But what they're not teaching is the things you hear on the five most on network. Back to verse number three. For you are dead, and your life is here with Christ and God. Oh, my goodness. Verse 4. When Christ, and then it's got the, a comma. When Christ, who is our life? Stop right there. How can Christ be our life? That's some, some confusing stuff. When Christ, who is our life? Yes, because we no longer exist. If you're born again, if you're truly, truly, truly born again, and you call each other Brother Johnson at church and sister so-and-so, how can you be related to those people? You're not related to those people. DNA says you're not related to those people. But if you are born again like the scriptures talk about, you can call each other Sister Johnson and Sister Mary. But if, if, if you're really related to them, that means that you is in Christ, and that you is never associated with sin. I'm going to say that again. If you're calling each other brother and sister, that means y'all are related another way. And you are. According to the scriptures, you're born again, and that new birth, all of us are related. We're brothers and sisters. We're one. We're the church, just like the Bible says. But if you walk on that identity, you can't associate that with sin because that new man is not under the law. And where there is no law, there is no sin. So the brother says, what are you saying? How can we sin? How can we lie, cheat, steal? Man, we're doing it every day. You're doing it every day by your flesh, and the Bible has moved, the scriptures, excuse me, the Father has moved our identity. It used to be in the flesh. He used to see us in our body. Our spirit was all one, and we had to live right. We have to, we still have to live right. But what I'm saying is, he used to see us all one package on the earth, every man for himself. You got to go offer sacrifices for your sin, blah, blah, blah. He saw us on the earth. But then something happened when Christ died. The scripture talks about how if Satan knew this was going to happen, he would not have crucified the Savior. If he had known that the Father was going to move humanity 
the Messiah and make them literally give them righteousness, not have to wait for them to give it to them? He would not have crucified, that's what the scriptures say, he would not have crucified the Savior. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Anyway, check this out. Man, that is powerful. Verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, is he our life? He is he not, is he our life? When Christ is, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then ye also appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. So we are going to live again after we die with Christ. But it's like we'll be there, but the Father won't see us. He'll see us only through the representation of Christ. And this this group of people is not a new law. The Father has moved, has destroyed sin and uh, uh, life in the flesh. We'll read that in Romans 8 here, and if we get around to it. This is the main scripture I'm trying to get to in verse 5. Check this out. Again, we're in Colossians 3. And verse 5. Now, you just heard him talk about how we are in Christ, and Christ is our life, and you are dead, and all that. Listen to what he says about verse 5. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Now, that right there is, if that is not the most spooky scripture I've ever seen. Now, he's saying you are somewhere else. But mortify your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things say the wrath of God come upon the children of Israel. In other words, those that are not in Christ, they went through wrath because of doing this. So he's saying now that you're in Christ, don't you be caught doing this, in which ye walked some time when ye lived in them. In which, verse 7, in which you walk sometime when you lived in them. When he said you lived in them, he just meant that you was positioned. You weren't in Christ at one point. At one point, we lived in sin. I'm not talking about we sinned. I'm talking about this is where we was at. We was shaped and born in sin, shaped in iniquity. It was like a location. We was just, this is who we were. It was just we couldn't get out of it. But now we're in Christ. He said, mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth. Why does he say it like that? Mortify, therefore, your members of body. Member mean body, folks. Mortify your body which is upon the earth. Why does he say it like upon the earth like we ain't on the earth? Because we're not. not. We're sitting in heavenly places with Christ. We're no more on the earth than Christ is. The way the Father sees it, folks, Again, not the way your neighbors see you, not the way your coworkers see you, not the way your family see you. They see you on the earth, and you know how that goes. The Father, the what He sees when He sees you, we're hid. We're made righteous. And that thing that He did in the spiritual realm, He placed that person acting up under the law. There is no sin. He gave that person, as we'll get around to it, something called the gift of righteousness. It's not something you work for. This is not a gift. We've been made righteous by the blood of Christ. My goodness, my goodness. One more time, verse 5. Let me read the whole thing and listen how it sounds when you get down to mortify therefore your members up on the earth. It's going to sound like schizo, like you went to different places. Watch this. I'm going to read the whole thing all together without stopping. Verse, Colossians 3. King James Version again. And by the way, again, you listen to the five sisters on network. I'm brother Seth flying solo tonight, and I kind of like it because I'm going 100 miles an hour. I have to wait for other people's talking and all that. 
So we're just going to fly through these scriptures and just you'll, you'll see how truly, 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 it's 1,500 times more important than anything we can accomplish in the flesh. I'm talking to Israelites right now. Or anything you can do in the flesh. This right here has nothing to do with male or female, Jew nor Greek. This is a spiritual identity. This is a spiritual duty that the Bible speaks about. But again, folks, the Father did say he has not forsaken his people and that he's going to use a remnant of them only because, though, they are in the spirit. They're in this, this group of people here. They just so also happen to be Israelites, and he's going to use them because, again, they'll, they'll meet this qualification in Colossians 3 we're about to read. They're in the spirit. These physical, biological Israelites have their heart right and they're seeking the most high. They're born again. He's going to use them because they are spiritual Jew like he always can use, but also because they're natural Israel. So he made a covenant with Abraham that I will not utterly destroy your nation, which basically deserve it. But I'm going to reserve a remnant of them to do a work for him. And that's where the 144,000 in the book of Revelation comes, talks about, again, 12,000 Israelites from 12 tribes. It's 144,000. The Father is going to do a work with them. Folks, let me understand. I'm going to say this one more time because I look at the phone lines. Again, if you have a hand, quick question, go ahead. Or a long question, doesn't matter because tonight you can talk. You can talk to me tonight, folks. Those of you on the phone line, press one. It'll be a good time while I look at the phone line right now. Those in the chat room, any questions, it'll be a good time to ask while looking at the chat room. Okay, let's see what we got in the chat room. Be wise, don't ask me why. Be wise as serpents. People say, I'm, I'm reading chess in the chat room. Let's see here. People say that when people don't know what they're speaking about. They're not really saying anything. Again, if you have a question, type question mark, okay? All right, folks. This is really something. Wow, wow, wow. I haven't read this myself in a while. Not this many scriptures about in him. All right, so here we go. Let me read Colossians 3. For if ye be, for if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. For Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on the things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall we also appear with him. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, and ordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covenants, which is idolatry, uh, for which things sake the wrath of God comes from the children of disobedience. Again, the children of disobedience of those that are not those in Christ. He's just saying, since you're in Christ and you're clean, walk like you're clean. Okay? And then, um, I'm just trying to see if I need to go get to some other scripture. I want to read this whole chapter, but let's just move on again. It's your leader. Read Colossians 3. You can't get past those verses I just said. You can't, can't explain them away. They're right there in your face. Okay, Romans 8 um, is very unique. Romans 7, and I'm going to paraphrase by talking it out because there'll be a lot of reading. Well, no, I'm going to read it. I'm going to actually read it. This right here is worth reading. I'll check this out. I'm going to go through this super fast. I, I'm telling you, I've got to really listen. If you just sneeze, you're going to miss something because I'm going to talk fast. Paul was... Um, Romans 6, good night. This is so much. This is so good. Oh, my goodness. I just can't believe it. I, I cannot read all of this, folks. Well, 
They have to go. Let's do go ahead and read Romans all of Romans five, six, seven, and eight. Brother said you're gonna read too much. Yeah, I'm gonna read that much because this is this is crazy. This is right here. It's just it's just blows me away. Every time I read it, every time I read it, it just blows me away. Should I read all this? Let's see here. I don't want to bore anybody because some of y'all that meet this meaty scriptures. Anyway, Paul, I'll just I'll just kind of paraphrase here. Paul is talking about how that by grace we've now been saved and uh, we've been put in Christ. i got to read this, folks. I'm just going to skip down to, um, again, I'm in Romans 5. I'm going to read this. Okay, let's just do it. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 2. By whom also we have access by faith into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulation also, knowing that the tribulation works in patience, and patient experience and experience hope. And hope make it not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. So, and I just got a little message in my ear. Those of you just listened to this show by clicking on a link, you didn't call on no number. You clicked on a link to listen to the show. You must call the phone number right now. You're going to be disconnected. We only contract to 10 o'clock. And then we'll, of course, roll over tonight with all these scriptures. But uh, you must call that phone number, uh, 914-205-5590. All right? Do it, please. All right, folks. Verse, verse 5. And hope making not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For we... For when, here we go, here we go, watch this, verse, uh, uh, chapter 5, verse 6 of Romans. Listen to this right here, verse 6. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preventure for a good man shall, let me start over here, yet preventure for a good man some would even dare to die. Verse 8. But God commanded his love towards us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Here we go. Verse 9. Much more, being justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. In other words, we're saved from the wrath through Christ. Watch this. Verse 10. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. One more time. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Now you, the way we talk about it today, preachers will say, no, you ain't reconciled. If you live right, you reconcile. It said, past tense, we were done. It's done. We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Verse 11. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we now have received the atonement. Atonement means at one, at one, we're now connected with the Father. One more time, verse 11. And not only so, but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also now receive the atonement. Wherefore, 
This is the main scripture where I want to read all of those 11 scriptures. Verse 12 is the main scripture. We won't read all of this, but we're going to read just a little bit more because verse 12 is one of the main scriptures. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. So in other words, by one man death passed at all men. Yeah, everybody agree with that. But I bet you don't agree with this one coming up. Listen to this. Verse thirteen. For unto the law sin for unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not impeded where there is no law. Nevertheless death reigned from Moses from Adam to Moses even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Even if he didn't sin like Adam did, sin reigned. Who is the figure of him that was to come? Verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. Uh-oh, here comes something about a free gift. Now, we just found out we got a <laughs> kind of like a free gift to sin. It just reigned on all of us. Now, watch this. This is what folks do not teach. This drives me crazy. It makes me really mad. Nevertheless, okay, hold on. We go back to verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, all that have sinned. Verse 13. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Who is the figure of him that is to come? Verse 15. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if, here we go, here we go. I promise you this is it, no teasing. Here it is. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abound unto many. In other words, I'm going to read it again. I ain't going to even pair. I'm not going to tell you what it means. I'm not going to even interpret it. Verse 15. This is deep. But not as the offense, so is also the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more. I love that term, much more. That phrase, much more. Much more. So we easily say sin rain, we all born in sin, shape and iniquity. But listen to this, says much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man Jesus Christ, hath abounded to many. Verse sixteen. And not as it was by one that sinned, comma, so is the so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. One more time. And not as it was by one that sinned, comma, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Verse 17. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. That right there is powerful. One more time. For if by 
they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. If it's a gift of righteousness, folks, you can't work for it. It's just given to you. If you work for it, it's not a gift. It's a pay, it's a paycheck, it's a reward. Verse 18, Therefore, as by one offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, one more time, therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. My goodness. Now, some people believe all men are saved. One gentleman by the name of Carl Pearson, this scripture right here caused him to be tagged a heretic because he believes all people are saved, everybody. I don't believe that. I think if you have to receive it, and you have to have the faith to believe, and you're justified by your faith, and once you do that, I think the gift has come upon all men to receive it, but you have to believe. Scripture talks about that. Anyway, one more time, verse 18. This is, boy, I ain't read this in, in a while. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, we believe that without any help, even so by the righteousness of one, the gift, the, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. He keep repeating this. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. It's not something you can work for, folks. It's something you are. You either are his and you're made righteous by a gift because the Father don't see you eating Christ, or you're not. If you're not in Christ, that means you never knew God. You never was born again. Because once you're born again, you're born again. Of that incorruptible seed that First John 3 and 9 talks about. My goodness. My goodness. Tell you a lot of scriptures. I ain't, I'm just reading one. And I mean, I got like probably 150 of them. Literally, I'm not playing. 150. Moreover, the law in it, that the offense might abound. Moreover, here we go. With it. We're talking about the law in it. The Father gave the law. When he gave the law, that's when offense, or that's when sin was born. There, when there is no law, there is no sin. But when the law entered, when when he said, "Thou shalt not," that's when man became conscious of sin. But where sin abound, grace did much more abound. Last verse, verse twenty-one. That is by sin. That as sin has reigned unto death. One more time. Let's start over here. That as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign unto my goodness. Even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. I gotta read that one more time, folks. I'm getting excited here. Y'all know I'm getting excited on shows. This is something. This is crazy. Look at the phone lines. Okay, Hannah went up. Okay, I'm coming to you. I, I'm sorry to see your hand. I'm so busy calling to this. Okay, that as sin has reigned by, de- okay, that as sin has reigned unto death, even so my grace reigned through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. 
that right there is profound. But we got a hand. I don't know how long it's been on because I didn't look at the board. Anybody with a hand, anybody with a question, you even think you might want to ask a question, press one now, or we can bring you on because I don't be looking at this board. I ain't going to lie. I got my Bible out, my notepad out, and my head is going here and there. I didn't see this hand up. Okay, so press one if you have a question right now. Okay, Eric code 817350. Sorry about that. I don't know how long your hand been up. But go ahead with your question. I would like to know your name and your city of Thompson. Uh, this is uh, uh, Apostle Malachi uh, Reynolds uh, calling from Fort Worth, Texas, where I'm hey, over the lost found. Shalom, brother. Shalom, shalom. Uh, uh, with the lost found Israelites uh, congregation, uh, I just wanted to just comment on uh, about you know uh, what you was uh, just uh, talking about about how you don't have to. Uh, do uh, righteous to be made righteous, uh, but we hold are made hold righteous. Hold on, hold on a second. I want to make sure you quote me right. You don't have to do righteous to be made right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You made righteous. It's a gift. It's a gift. And because we have the free gift, Apostle, we are supposed to live right. We're supposed to, we're supposed to mimic in the flesh, in the body, on this earth, what has happened to us in the spiritual, but we're not justified by what we do in the body. We're justified by faith and by the gift of righteousness that we're supposed to be commanded to put our body in suggestion, fast, praise, treat our neighbors right, etc. Go right ahead. Yes. So, uh, exactly what I was about to say was that uh, uh, but we are made righteous by the favor or the grace of Hamashiach, whom the world called Christ. Uh, it is a gift, uh, not of works, lest any man should boast, but it is a gift. And a gift is something that you don't have to work for, you know. Uh, but because we are made righteous, we do what's right. You know, uh, we do what's right because we are made righteous. And I just wanted to uh, just really just... Let me, uh, let me repeat what you said in the last 30 seconds. I, couldn't, I didn't get a chance to hear you. The last 30 seconds, can you repeat that, please? Uh, I, I was saying that uh, we do what's right because we were made righteous by the favor or the grace of Hamashiach, whom the world called Christ. Okay. Absolutely. And that's all I, I just wanted to just, you know, just really just compliment what you was already saying, you know. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I always enjoy hearing from you. I want to ask you a question now. You know there's a lot of Israelites out here, and they're talking about the law this, the law that. And they're talking as though we're justified exclusively by physical works. Do you see a lot of, not just from the Israelites, I don't want to pick on them, but even from the churches, a lot of folks preach that, if you are lying and you die, you're going to hell. I'm not saying you should be lying. I'm not saying you should be lying, folks. Y'all better hear me. I'm not saying you should be lying, but I'm just trying to show you the belief that we want to use lying. Somebody feel like if you're going uh, 70 miles an hour in a 55 mile zone and you get killed and instantly, instantly killed and you don't get a chance to repent, they believe you're going to hell. They believe you're not going to be with the Father. And I don't believe that. I believe if you're a believer and you're in Christ, 
The Father sees you in Christ. Your flesh is upon the earth. You're supposed to handle it a certain way. And when you're even out of character, which you should be, because you're going to push people away from the Father, they're going to be seeing your name is name. It's called yourself a believer. And you're going to be hypocrite. And they're going to, you're going to push people away. It's going to cause chaos in your life. But I can't say that that pulls you out of Christ because you're sinning with your body. What do you have to say? Tell me, give me the feedback on that one. Well, the scripture says that um, that each one shall appear before the throne of Christ and shall receive uh, a, re a reward or be judged according to what they have done in their body, whether good or bad. Uh, so, uh, you know, the most High knows our heart. And uh, you know, you know, if 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 you uh, well, let me let me say something. Let me say something. Let's just let's just go there. I believe what you just read to be true. They used to quote the word. I do think you're going to be judged, but I don't know if judge means because you was lying when you died that you now no longer listen. The Bible says in First John three and nine. That that seed that, that he put inside of those that are born again is not corruptible. It's, it says, and he cannot sin. He that is born of God, he cannot sin. He that is born of God, he cannot sin. Now, so that's why I say this show tonight, I wanted to talk about how there's a part of us that actually can't sin. It's our spirit, man. It says it over and over and over. That thing is born of God. The newness of us. I'm not talking about old. Apostle Malachi, old brother Seth, I'm talking about that newness of us that make us related to each other, or we can call each other brother, brother Seth, brother Malachi, that part of us that really genuinely connects us in the spirit. That thing is uncorruptible, and the Bible says it cries, it cries, Abba Father, Abba Father, it does not crave this world. Yes, I, I agree with you that, that you know, when you're born again, that that your spirit uh cannot does not sin uh but uh you know and I do agree you know to a certain extent that that uh there are going to be different uh levels of uh judgment judgment you know yeah that's a good word uh, uh there're going to be different levels of judgment you know but 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 you know just like the Bible says I think it's in First John where there is a sin that leadeth unto that leadeth not unto uh, uh, well there is a sin that that uh, well, let me put it like this I do know that before I leave the earth I don't want to be uh, Leaving the earth when I just lied, you know, uh, you know, I, you know, right. I want to always true. be given a chance. I want to all. I believe that that the Most High would not allow anyone that has his uh, born again spirit within them to leave this earth in sin in their body. 
You know, because well, about his body is sin. It, it's not saved. It I mean, it's I mean, not to preach Christ. I mean, so even if they're not sinning, their body is he, in, a, in, a, in, in sin in the location. I believe that 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 he's a good God. Uh, that he's a good Elohim. That he will give us a chance to repent before we leave this earth. You know, being that we are born again believers. You know. So that when we come before his throne to be judged by Christ, uh, we will appear before him uh, blemish. I mean, without blemish, you know, well, uh, in, in, in Hamashiach, covered by his blood, you know. Let me ask you this. This is how I look at it. You tell me what you think of this. And be real with me, brother. I know you always are. Be real with me. This is how I see it. It's like my son. When my son did something wrong, I mean, really, really bad. He still is my son. He's either my son or he's not. He's either my DNA or he's not. He's still my son. He's still my call my son. Even when he acts up, how can I have a better love for my son than the father? The Bible says we're born in sin, shapes, iniquity. Our flesh is not saved. If my flesh is not saved, even if I'm fasting and praying when I die, my flesh is still unholy. And I'm fast and praying. It ain't my heart, my flesh ain't holy because I'm fast and praying. Fast and just praying, just push it down to where my spirit can be more, you know, dominated more. But it's still, you're still holding out an evil person. You still got your head on the evil, your feet on the evil person. You're still holding down an evil nature side of you. As soon as you let your feet up, it's going to crave evil. So you're not, it, we all die with sinful flesh, whether we born again or not, or died in the control or not. So I can't see if that flesh acting up, you die, all of a sudden you no longer hears. And I know a lot of people may think, well, that's crazy, brother. Especially if I start naming the different kinds of sin that one can be, die, end up doing. But I just believe the scriptures when it says in First John 3, we're going to go read that in other scriptures, they're talking about how we're sealed. Well, what is it you're sealed with? If you seal with the Holy Ghost, how can you be I'm talking about your spirit, not your body. This one has nothing to do with your body. This is you're supposed to rule your body by this spirit, but your spirit, your body, you thing. You follow what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Um, I I found the scripture that I wanted to quote earlier. Okay. Uh, yeah, I found it. it's in uh. Uh, and I think this would ha- help explain what you're saying. Uh, it's in uh, it's in First John, the fifth chapter, and it says the fifth chapter, the seventeenth verse. First John, the fifth chapter, the seventeenth verse, and it says. Uh, there is a sin that leadeth unto death. Uh, just like blaspheming the Ruha Kodesh or the Holy Spirit is a sin that leads unto death. Uh, and then it says, and there is a sin that does not lead to death. So uh, that's what I think that you are trying to convey to the viewers that you you know 
you don't believe that the most I would throw somebody away, you know, uh, uh, you know, if they left here and, you know, they was, uh, Listen to the next verse. If you can't read that, I want you to know. I want you to know. Unintentionally sinning, you know. Well, everybody intentionally sinning. But look at verse 18. I think it will clarify all this. Right where you just stopped off at. Verse 18 is went down a little bit lower. It's what it says. We know whosoever is born of God sinneth not. But he that begotten of God keepeth himself, and the wicked one touches him not. And you know that we are of God in the whole world lies in wickedness, and we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understand, okay, that's not what I meant. But what I'm trying to say, when it says we know that whosoever born of God sinneth not. Now, people will say, well, that means if you sin, you're not of God. That's what that's good to me. If you just go by there right there. It says, we know and whosoever is born of God sinneth not. Stop right there. Okay, David was a God. Paul was a God. Everybody in the Bible we know was a God. Did they sin? This scripture, if it meant what it says, what we think it says, it can't mean what it's saying. It, it, it can't mean what we think it's saying, what I'm trying to say. I believe what this scripture is saying. Whoso, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. It's just saying... They're keeping themselves. It goes on to say, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself. See, keep, keeping himself and not saying something, it's like you just keep yourself holy. It's like you, you, you walk upright. But it don't mean you don't never sin. So I just think we just got to be careful. And again, we, there is no sin where there is no law. It's impossible to sin where there is no law. And this new man, uh, Apostle, is not under the law. It's impossible, literally impossible, for there to be sin where there is no law. And it says very clearly, I was getting ready to read it in Romans 6. Don't know if I have time, I'm going to try. But it says, like a, lady, like a lady that dies and have a husband, I know you got to go make this real quick. But when a woman is, she, when she married, she's, she's, she cannot, she's with a man. And, and she, she cannot be with another unless it be an adultery. But it says when that man dies, she's free. She's she's no longer under that man, and she's free to marry. And it says, so are you, in Romans 7. It's saying, so are you. You're no longer under the law. Meaning, sin is not imputed for you. Paul goes on to say in Romans 7, with the inward man we serve God, and with the flesh we serve this world. And now our life is in Christ, so we're not under sin. While our bodies are not under Christ, our bodies are not saved, Apostle. It may serve this law of sin and death, our bodies, but our spirit man is in Christ. It sounds a little schizo, but that's, I shouldn't even say that really. But that's what the Bible says about the new man. We're in two places. We're in Christ in our spirit while our flesh craves this world. And unless a lot of people don't understand, they keep trying to judge us, look at us, treat us by our last name, where we live, where we drive, and how we live in. And you can't do that. You understand what I'm trying to say? That's a lot. Yes. Uh, you know, we're no longer under the law of sin and death. Right. Right. And that, that is the law. That is the law of sin and death. 
the law of the Old Testament is what introduced sin. It introduced death. Absolutely. Now we're under the law. I'm not saying that, though. One more thing, one more thing. Now we're under the law. We are under the law now. We are under a law now. We are under the law of life in Christ and not under the law of sin and death. The Old Testament law introduced sin and we died. We're now under a new law. It still means you got to obey, you know, you know, you're supposed to. But again, there is no sin imputed under this law we're under now. That's why I'm trying to help our brothers and sisters, that's the Hebrews, because they try to make like, we're under some law now where sin is imputed. It's only imputed in the natural and to our bodies. If you lie, you can wind up dead. Somebody can shoot you. You're in this natural. But in terms of how the Father sees us and treats us, Brother Apostle Malachi, I'm serious. We're not under the law where sin can be associated with our account. we just not. Else, listen, I, I, I promise you, and I, I don't know if I'll get a chance to read it, but I'm getting ready to read it. It says Romans 6 and 1. Listen, in Romans 6 and 1, those of you, if you go down to verse 21, turn to it, we ain't got a chance to read it, but it says, but now being made free from sin. You got to do something with that verse. But now being made free from sin. We got to do something with that verse. But now being made free from sin and become the servants of God, you have your freedom to holiness and each of everlasting life. This is what I mean as confusion. People don't understand. Our new man cannot, cannot sin. It's in Christ. We are here. This is where the born-again experience happens. With our flesh, we crave this world, sin, sex, smoking, drugs, lying, cheating, stealing. And we're supposed to push our body under, beat it under, like Paul said, with the energy of the Spirit. And if we don't, we inherit certain things, like the, like you was reading earlier. I think, you know, but I'm just saying, this is where the confusion is at. Do you understand? Talk to me, brother. I know you will. Uh, the law of sin and death entered in not... Uh, the law of sin and death entered in when Eve and Adam uh, partook from the tree that was forbidden of knowledge of good and evil. Uh, that's what brought the law of sin and death in. Uh, it's not the uh, the Torah. It's it's not it's not that. Uh, and when it speaks about the law being done away with, we're no longer under the law of animal sacrifice. Uh, because Christ is our sacrifice. Now we are under his sacrifice that he made for us on the tree or the cross. That's how I view that. Okay, well, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some reading here in a little bit. I'll wrap this show up. you got to listen to me read Romans 6 and Romans 7. I don't think I'm going to read more. But you got to hear what it says about the law. Now, when I say law, I mean when the Father says, do not do this. Do not do that. We found out that if we do it, that's a sin. He said 
kept that because we was living all kind of ways, eating all kind of food. So we had to give us 613 laws, roughly. And those 613 laws introduced sin. They really did. They meant to savage us, but they introduced some guilt. When he said don't lie, he meant you're not supposed to tell lies, but he introduced guilt. So he said the law was weak. It, it did slow down us from sinning. We start finding out you're not supposed to lie, you're not supposed to eat this, not supposed to eat that, but it introduced guilt. Well, then he come along through Christ, and he just gave us righteousness. It's a gift. I'm I'm very serious. He just gave it to us if we believe and have faith. Listen to the scripture. Abraham has said, listen to the scripture. It says, blessed is the man whom the Father will not impute sin. That is deep as it gets. And it, we are Abraham's children. He was the first fruit. He was the first one that experienced it. I think David also experienced him at times when the father wouldn't count his sin against him either. But he said, Blessed is the man who the father will not count his sin against him. That is where we are now. Now, somebody, somebody might say this. And I want you to hang on line because I'm not going to go very much longer. Uh, listen to this, brother. Listen to Romans 6 and 1. To let you know I'm preaching the right thing. You're probably thinking what, what Paul is about to say in Romans 6 and 1. Everybody listening to this show is thinking this thought. Brother, the way you present this, we can just sin. If you be honest, you're thinking that. The way you present this, brother, so we can, you should say, you know, we can just sin, sin, sin. So this is what Paul said after he was talking about the law and us being in Christ in Romans 5. Listen to what he says. Romans 6. What shall we say then? Shall we continue and say that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin? Now, either we dead to sin, possible, or we're not. Live any longer than he's saying, since we're dead to it, don't you do it in your bodies no more. Since Father took it away from us and we've now made righteous, woo, we made righteous. We are as righteous as he is. So, don't do it in your bodies. Don't do it in your bodies. So brother said that saying you can just do what you want to do. It says don't do it because we've been made righteous, we've been we've been made clean. So don't do it in your bodies either, since we've been made righteous in your spirit. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized as Jesus Christ were baptized to his death, therefore we're buried with him by baptism to death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. Listen to this. I go kind of fast. For if for if we have been praying together in the likeness of his death, we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6, knowing this. Here we go. This is some weird scripture, brother. Listen verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him. We just read over this stuff like, uh, no, really, you've been crucified. That the body of sin might be destroyed. The body of sin. It's the body, it's, it's, it's gone. The hence that we should not serve sin. Meaning, we, you know, like he just took away the ability. For he that is dead is free from sin. That's us. For he that is dead is free from sin. That's us. He's talking about us. That part of us, the born again, the, 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 the new part of us, it's freed from sin because it's dead. Meaning the Father no longer sees the sin on us. It's that part is dead and we've been given a new nature. I'm talking about in the spirit, not in the natural, not in our bodies. Right after this chapter, Paul is going to talk about how he's trying to do right, but he finds himself doing wrong. 
He said, I wanted to write, but I found myself doing wrong. Well, what am I supposed to do? I find myself doing what I don't want to do. I don't want to do it, but I find myself doing it. And what I want to do good, I have a hard time doing it. And he goes on to say, I thank God. He goes on to say that with the end of man, Apostle Malachi, I serve God. I'm serving God with my inward man, but I have a hard time doing it because there's another nature going on in my body. He says those exact, there's another nature going on in my body. And then Romans 8 opened up with, therefore, there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ. They're seeking it with the inward man. It says, for the law of life in Christ, which is what your inward man is at, has made me free from the law of sin and death, thus working in my members, in my body. This is some deep stuff, man. And we don't get taught this. We don't get taught this. We get taught we're in the flesh, and whatever you do in the flesh, that's what you're going to be judged, you're going to go to hell. There. Well, nobody ever talk about the new man that can't sin, that's born again, that's free from death, free from sin. Nobody talk about that part of us that died. We're mistaught. Please give us the feedback before I go on and read this and wrap the show up. Well, I do agree with you that the new man cannot sin. Uh, I do agree with that. Uh, but, you know, the scripture says that we was all conceived in iniquity, which is sin, uh, transgression, or wickedness. Uh, before you know, he was born again, that's right. You know, so, uh, which is why we have to be born again. So, uh, uh, you know, but I believe that the law of sin and death came in when Adam and Eve uh, disobeyed the Most High because that's why he told them, don't, don't partake from that tree because if you do, you know, you're going to bring death in. You shall surely die. And Paul right. himself said that the wages of sin is, is death. So, so uh, we're no longer under the, the law of sin and death. We're no longer under the uh, sacrifice of bulls, sheep, and goats. We're now up, 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 up under the perfect sacrifice of Hamashiach, or Christ, who died on the tree, or uh, the cross, uh, to make us a new person. So I do agree that you know we are, you know once we are a new man, once we're born again, our spirit does not sin. But however, you know. Uh, uh, if we slip up, you know, he he is faithful enough to uh, forgive us of our sins, you know. And that's, well, that's pretty much all I have to say. You know. Well, I appreciate you hanging on tonight. I know you normally got a lot going on, but I appreciate you, brother, tonight really hanging on and, and just con- contributing. And I'll talk with you next show. Next show we're going to have those pastors on again, talk about the part um, the pastors, uh, why they oppose the Israelites, why they oppose the Israelites, the pastor, we have the pastor on next week, as well as why some of them agree with the Israelites. There are pastors that definitely know we're teaching the truth about who we are as a people. Um, so, but I just look forward to seeing you on next week. All right, then. I'll be on. All right. I'll talk with you later, brother. All right. Shalom. Oh, shalom. 
All right, but, uh, uh, folks, again, you listen to Fastings on Network. I'm Brother Seth, that was Brother Apostle Malachi on. You know, he, he's a faithful listener, and I appreciate him and all the other callers tonight, those in the chat room. I didn't get a chance to read all the chats, but what I did read, I didn't see a question. So, uh, again, just thank y'all for just making this show what it is. I really appreciate it. Y'all was really listening. Really listen tonight, and I appreciate that. I'm glad I was able to just kind of run with this because there's a lot of my heart. Folks, there's some scriptures. Here's what I want to do. I want to just go to these scriptures I was going to name, and I mean it's a lot of them. So I'm going to go kind of fast. These scriptures are talking about how we simply don't exist. We're gone. We're in Christ. We're hid, literally hid, like the Father do not see us. He sees Christ when he sees us. And that that part of us that make us brothers and sisters is that new thing that that new man it can't sin. First John three nine is the first scripture I want to give you. Talks about and he that is born of God cannot sin. You're either born of God or you're not. If you're born of God, it says you cannot sin. It's talking about the the new part of us. At the same time, while Paul Apostle Paul said in Romans seven, there is a struggle going on. And read Romans five six and seven. I'm telling you, he says that with his inward man. He's serving the Father while at the same time his flesh is craving this world and he's following, he's doing things around no business. But at the same time, his heart, and in Romans 8 he says, there's therefore no condemnation to them which are in Christ. In Christ meaning that new part of him. And there, that that part of us, the inward man, is what walks out to the Spirit, craves the Father. He goes on to say in Romans 8 and 1, there's therefore no condemnation to those who walk out to the Spirit, not out to the flesh. Talking about the inward man, not the flesh. Okay, that the inward man craves the things of God. Again, Romans 81, therefore there is no condemnation in but in Christ who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. And it goes on to say that the law of life in Christ, that new man is in Christ, has set me free from the law of sin and death that worketh in my body at the same time. Another scripture you can check out is Romans 3.24, Romans 8 and 1, Romans 8 and 2, Romans 5 and 11. Again, I'm going fast. You can rewind all these. 1 Corinthians 1 and 2, 1 Corinthians 1 and 30, 1 Corinthians 15, 22, 2 Corinthians 1, 21, 2 Corinthians 2, 14, 2 Corinthians 3, 14, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, just a whole uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 19. Again, uh, again, specific scriptures talking about us being in Christ, a new identity, uh, sin, uh, not able to sin, just powerful scriptures, mainly talking about in Christ, though. Galatians 2, 4, Galatians 3, 26, Galatians 3, 28, Galatians 5 and 6, Galatians 6, 15. I know I'm going fast again. You can rewind this, though. Uh, Ephesians 1 and 3. I guess I should go slow enough for you to write it down at least. Ephesians 1 and 10, um, Ephesians 2 and 6, Ephesians 2 and 10. Ephesians 3.13, Ephesians 3.6, Ephesians 3, excuse me, Philippians 3.13, 3.14, Colossians 1.28, 1 Thessalonians 4.16, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, 1 Timothy 1.14, 2 Timothy 1.9, 2 Timothy 1.13, 2 Timothy 2.1, 2.10, 2 Timothy 3.15, Philippians 1.6, 2 Peter 1.8. All these are saying the same thing I'm saying. I kid you not, it's saying the exact same thing I was saying. Just for instance, I'll just read 2 Peter 1 and 8. i just just going through it. For if this, hold on. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren or fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
little bit off, to be very honest with you. That should be in the group. Again, these are, let me just go here. Okay, here we go. Like right above it, Second Timothy 2 and 1 says, Therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ. Okay, so again, with this is scriptures talking about in Christ being in him. Okay, here's some scriptures where it says literally in him. So maybe you should pay more attention to these scriptures. I'll go a little slower. John 1, 14, let's, 1 and 4, let's see what it says here. In him was life and the life of the light of men. I don't like that scripture compared in, as far as what we're talking about. Uh, okay, here's a good one. Acts 17 and 28, we went over that earlier. Here, this is a great scripture. For in him we live, we move, and have our being. How is that possible? That's what I'm talking about. Um, here's a good scripture. Second, Second Corinthians 5.21 For he has made him to be sin for us who do no sin, that we might become the righteousness of God, but in Christ. I'm telling you, it's the in him, in Christ. That's what the, that's mainly what we're talking about tonight. In him, in Christ. In him, in Christ. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Ephesians 1 and 4 is a good one. That's on the topic. Uh, I'm to just go through this as fast as I can. For Ephesians 1 and 10, uh, that in the dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ. See, there goes that in Christ. I'm telling you, it's like Christ is there and the, he's been made righteousness. I mean, he has been made righteousness to us and we've been placed in him. It's like a big container and we just all, our identity is just hid in him. And the Father. Whatever Christ gets, we get it. It's called heirs to the throne. But anyway, folks, I can get deeper into this. I really hate that I have to end this like this because there's so many more scripts I didn't get a chance to read. But I definitely want to hear from Brother, brother uh, uh, Malachi. And listen to Colossians 2 and 10. Folks, this is just crazy. I think I'm going to post this link. Uh, should I? This is really good. Oh, here's what you can do. Just simply go to Google and type this this phrase. In him scriptures, King James Version, and it'll just list hundreds of verses talking about different things that happened to humanity after they was placed in Christ. It literally is a position. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, a, a one company is out doing its own thing, and then it's placed in a mother company, and it's you no longer deal with that one company anymore. You deal with the mother company. It's kind of like that. So that's what happened to humanity. We was placed in Christ and we was given the gift of righteousness, and the Father sees us. And that new birth, that new transition, the Bible talks about that that person cannot commit sin. So the sin that we commit is done with our flesh, and and that's what we crave sin. It's, and it's, it confuses a lot of people because they try to, like I said, you know, uh, there are a lot of pastors and meaning with me. Good meaning pastors, pastors with a good heart, teach that our life is in the flesh, and they look at how we live in the flesh, and they feel like God is judging uh, only us by the flesh, when in reality that's not true. If we're born again, we're in Christ. And we, with the flesh, we serve the law of sin and death. It still brings death to us, though, on this earth. But in terms of where we are in Christ, it's a whole new different story. I'm going to say it again. When we serve the law of sin, 
when we sin in our bodies, we will pay for it in this realm, in the natural realm. But if that person is born again in the spirit, the Bible says they are as righteousness as God. That's your Bible. Do you believe it or not? All these scriptures I'm reading can't be lying. Again, it says you're dead to sin. Who are they talking about? Who can be dead to sin? What, on this, what person on this earth can say that? I mean, everybody's saying. So what is it saying? What could what, what it mean? I mean, is the Bible just trying to play games with us? All these hundreds of scriptures talking about in Christ, you, you, you're dead. You no longer live. That's why we call each other brothers. So if you don't believe this, quit calling each other brothers and sisters in church because you're not related by blood. You're not related. Quit calling each other brothers and sisters. If you don't believe that we're new creatures, quit calling each other brothers and sisters in church. Call each other by your last name because you're not related to him. You're not connected to him. And quit calling the church the body of Christ one body. We're not one. We're not even, even not yoked up any kind of way. We're not related. How can we be one? You see what I'm saying? How can we be a new body or a body of Christ or any of that? How can any of that be true if you don't believe in the new birth? Powerful, ain't it? So anyway, I want to thank everybody for t- tuning into the show tonight. I really appreciate it. Again, this is a sh- this is the- Arlene and I, uh, my wife and I. Our very first show, we talked about this, and we hadn't hit it since. Actually, I talk about it seem like every show, but only like two or three minutes. But re- re- really and truly, the true identity is in the spirit, not in the natural. We just need to know who we are in the natural to understand our plight in America and why why people are misbehaving and to, un- to get a better understanding of the scriptures and to not blame white people as though they Superman for doing these things to us, not, not knowing that the Father said he would call the nation from the north to do what they're doing. That's why we need to know why we are, uh, who we are in the flesh. So, anyway, I've enjoyed this. I tell you, these scriptures are powerful. I'm just still trying to read them as, I, as I'm talking to y'all. This is just really something, watching these scriptures that have really changed my life over the years. Folks, listen. I'm going to go ahead and end the show. Next week, again, we're going to have the passes on. Let every single one of y'all. Yes, I do. And there's nothing you can do about it. I mean that. That's how Buzz says, roll. Anyway, folks, go ahead out with a song. I think that's a very meaningful, powerful song. Uh, you know, we found out we was Israelites. We thought we was just slaves and Father came through and just made us a great, uh, and we found out that uh, the Father had made us a great people. We found out we come from royalty. You can't get no more royalty than Israelites. Anytime the Father is dealing directly with the people, that makes us people royalty. We found out great things about us as a people, and we began to understand why we was going through what we going through in America. And then we found out that that wasn't enough, that we needed to step it up and and, and, and follow and obey and become circumcised of the heart or become a spiritual Jew. And tonight I hopefully shed some light on that new identity that supersedes all identities, that identity in Christ, the new birth. I want to say good night. I love everything on y'all, and just we'll see you next week.
when I'm back.